Okay, let's look at some of the examples they bring forward then. The first one is, uh, uh, we mentioned Imam al-Tahawi earlier on. In Aqidah al-Tahawiyah, he mentions, in point 78, we don't make takfir based on sins as long as the people don't make it halal. In point 94, he then goes on to say, we do not see it permissible to use a sword against anybody from the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam except the one who is obligatory to raise a sword against. Do you see the funny the joke here right now, the irony here? 78 you mentioned, and then 90 what? 94 What about the middle? Let's look at what's in the middle Abu Jafar al-Tahawi rahimahullahu ta'ala He says That's 78 yeah. That's 78 right? Yeah. Right Let's look at والقرآني لا يخلدون إذا ماتوا وهم موحدون وإن لم يكونوا تائبين بعد أن لقوا الله عارفين مؤمنين خم في مشيئته وحكمه إن شاء غفر له لهم وعفى عنهم بفضله كما ذكر عز وجل في كتابه ويغفر ما دون ذلك لمن يشاء وإن شاء عذبهم في النار بعدله ثم يخرجهم منها برحمته وشفاعة الشافعين من أهل طاعته ثم يبعثهم إلى جنته وذلك بأن الله تعالى تولى أهل معرفته ولم يجعلهم في الدارين كأهل نكرته الذين خابوا من هدايته ولم ينالوا من ولايته اللهم يا ولي الإسلام وأهله ثبتنا على الإسلام حتى نلقاك ونرى الصلاة خلف كل بر وفاجر من أهل القبلة وعلى من مات منهم ولا ننزع ولا ننزل أحد منهم جنة ولا نارا ولا نشهد عليهم بكفر ولا بشرك ولا بنفاق ما لم يظهر منهم شيء من ذلك ونذر سرائرهم إلى الله تعالى ولا نرى السيف على أحد من أمة محمد إلا من وجب عليه السيف ولا نرى الخروج على أئمتنا وولاة أمورنا وإن جاروا ولا ندعو, ولا ندعو عليهم ولا ننزع يدا من طاعتهم What's funny and the irony is that even when this part was translated it was translated incorrectly ولا نرى الخروج على إمتنا. We do not. Oh, so I'm coming to that. It's point ninety-five, right? Point ninety-five is the one. Read that's the point. That ninety-four is the one I mentioned. Ninety-five, I haven't translated it yet. I'm coming to that. I mean, when it was when it was when it was portrayed, I just I need to explain it. Okay. ولا نرى الخروج على إمتنا. We do not do خروج on our leaders. وولات أمورنا and the leaders in charge of us. وإن جاروا if they do transgression. ولا ندعو عليهم. We don't make du'a against them. That's the correct translation. Hmm. Yani, what I I really want people to understand is that. If a person can't read uh, information in front of them, this is sitq, we have to really ponder and contemplate here. And it's not because they're being deceptive, I don't believe yani, necessarily. But the ignorance has reached that level that a person can't even translate something in front of them. وَلَا نَنْزَعْ يَدًا مِنْ طَاعَتِهِمْ وَنَرَى طَاعَتِهِمْ مِنْ طَاعَتِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ فَرِيضًا مَا لَمْ يَأْمُرُوا بِمَعْصِيَةِ وَنَدْعُوا لَهُمْ بِالصَّلَاحِ وَالْمُعَافَةِ If a person can't translate this, 
I don't think anyone should trust information that a person submits to Allah. So they did. They translated, we don't see it to be permissible to do khuruj against our imams Aye. and our leaders. Aye. And even if they are oppressive, Aye. we don't call to this and we no, don't... Just, just say, well, we don't call to this. Uh, That's my point. You say, well, I means we don't make dua against them. Okay, they said, we don't call to this and we don't relinquish our hand from the obedience. But the point I'm really trying to draw home is that you spoke all of that Arabic that you mentioned <laughs> between 78, 0.78 and 0.94, which is talking about, or 0.95 is talking about the Mas'ala of Khuruj. And obviously there's a lot of English speakers at home who don't really fully understand what you said, but you talked about Iman in the six pillars. You talked about a range you know of how, you, know how, you know how many pages Ibn Abdul Izzan had if he explained all of that? How many? More than 40 pages. Just what comes between 0.78 and 0.94. Of course, it's a, it's, it's a lot of points. <laughs> And in English, just for the English speakers at home, you spoke about. Let me be, can, I, can I just quickly look at Ibn Abdul Hanafi Sharah exactly how much numbers is of half to can. be more accurate? You can. Like just, just for people to know, yani, how many Safa had between that? I think let me just give some context for the people at home why you're doing that as well. So the the argument was that the put is put forward is that 0.78 yeah. is linked to 0.9495, and to say that, like I said before. When I was coming across this research, I genuinely don't believe it's through insincerity or intentionally trying to misguide people. But when I came across this, this really upset me because I don't really believe anybody can really think that, be sane on that. And actually, you know, especially when you look, you just read out all the points that came between 78 and 94, talked about so many different topics that I just don't believe anyone can really believe that. 70, 0.78, I can't say it was 0.78 connected to 0.79. No, I can see where you're coming from. But to say 0.78 was connected to 0.95 and there's nothing wrong with doing khuruj unless you make takfir because that's what 0.78 mentioned. And you know what's funny? Um, that's upsetting. Even Arabic, like al-lughatan, the wow is atf. It's connected to everything that was mentioned before. I mean, wallahi, I mean, for me personally, both of them are as bad as each other. If you're deceptive and if you're ignorant, both of them are as bad as each other. And I honestly, wallahi, this is my sincere, honest, yani brotherly approach on all of this. Is that some people when they look at these issues They think to themselves You can't respond You don't have the answers for all of this Wallahi sometimes it's not just about the answers It's just You don't know I, I'm talking about myself I don't like in any way shape or form To really embarrass somebody And true, just bring this out like that it's, I mean No one's free from errors and mistakes But I've never seen in my life In my life My course of my yeah, In my life of da'wah And studying and teaching This level Mm. Of jur'ah And a jur'ah person Adam like that And when you listen You find Sakatat Tasheefat Tahreefat You can't, you can't even listen to a one minute I haven't watched the opponents What they have to say in this issue Wallahi I haven't I sat down And listened to anything I asked you to get the yeah, yeah. All the shubhat for me And we go through it like that My heart can't give it to me Because I just see yeah, I need the, yeah, the scholarly yeah, I need What ulama Put behind Just being played around with yeah. يعني, In that manner But let's look at what Ibn Abil Aziz and Hanafi said I'm just, It's just I'm waiting for it to download And for it to come And we're talking about Pages after pages After pages of Information just, Do you remember what number it was The, fir the first part 78.78 okay. Up until 0.95 Is the one that mentioned Khuruj specifically And this There's a reason why We specifically choose In Sharh Ibn Abil Aziz and Hanafi We believe it's one of the best Shuruhat Okay so I'm using the tahqiq of Muassist al-Risala by Sheikh Abdullah ibn Abdul Muhsin al-Turki's one. It's one of the best. Shaib al-Na'ud and him did it together. It's the best tahqiq, uh, to be honest. So we go to that particular point. So where, where is it? what number is it again? Point 0.78. So point number 
And just, just, just so they, what they say is that this doesn't mean that khuruj against a Muslim ruler is wrong. It's only if it comes with this belief. To, I, 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 you know, even as I'm repeating it, uh, it's, it's just shocking. So what, what was the point 78? 78, yeah. So what was the point 78 talking about again? Making takfir based on sins. Sahih, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you have to find point 95, which mentions khuruj. And I have the kitab in two mujallads, so this, this, I just need to check this one. Okay. Then. Or just go to point 94, in fact, because that's the first one that they mentioned. Okay. So it was talking about? So the first one is the kafir of major sins. Second one is we don't. Um, 94, 95 mentions khuruj, but they mentioned 94 before that to do with we don't uh, raise a sword against anyone of the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Unless it's, uh, unless it's obligatory to raise it against or something along those lines, but it's basically 94.94. So it's 16 points later. So was the is when uh, the Imam mentions the issue of takfir. Yeah, issue of takfir is point seventy eight to five hundred thirty nine. If you go to by point number, if you go by point ninety four, ninety four. If you go ninety five, it's one hundred and seven pages. Yeah, one hundred and seven pages between four thirty two yeah. to five hundred thirty nine. That's how many pages between the two points? Yeah, and they're all connected. To say that the only reason that they mentioned point ninety four is because of point seventy eight, and otherwise it doesn't stand on its own. Of course, they can't butt their heads with all these books of Aqidah that mention these points. So many khuruj, khuruj, they have to come up with something. Okay. In, in between it is the issue of the arkanul iman and Yeah. Okay. I have to be fair and just. And there are other times where they do mention again the books of Aqidah. That's the topic that we're on. There are other times where they do mention uh, not making takfir on based on sins. And then the issue of khuruj, and they are next to each other. So again, like I've been doing all through the podcast, I'm reading everything. What does that show if something's next to something? What does it really show? Yeah. It's like me saying, Antu'mina billahi, wa malaikatihi, wa kutubihi, wa rusulihi, wa liyawmil akhiri, wa tu'mina bilqadari khayri wa sharri. Antu'mina bilqadari khayri wa sharri. You know, it's close to... And you know... You still have to believe in all six. So if we don't make takfir based on sins, and we don't do khuruj, you have to believe in both. Anyway, let's go through it. In the book Masail of Imam Ahmed ibn Hanbal, a man came to Imam Ahmed and asked him about the head of the matter of ijma' amongst the Muslims. So these are obviously extremely important issues that are going to be mentioned here. He starts by mentioning the importance of iman in, in the qadr, the good of it, the bad of it. He mentions iman is, iman is speech and action. It increases and decreases. He mentions we place Allah behind an imam, even if he's a sinner. He mentions jihad with the sultan, i.e. the Muslim ruler. Then he man mentions that we have patience under his banner and we do not rebel against him with the sword nor the stick. And immediately after that, he mentions, and we do not make takfir of anyone based on sins. So they say these things are connected together. Uh, look, if the person is saying that the reason why these things are mentioned each, next to each other is because Madhab al-Khawarij is to go against the oppressive Muslim leader, I'm going to be like, yes. Yeah. Hey, nah. yes that's, you're right. That may, that's may be a reason why they put it there. Because Madhab al-Khawarij is that they go against the oppressive Muslim leader. With, on top of that, the Khawarij have a belief which is that they make takfir 
on things are which are what laysa bi mukaffir it's not yani ma laysa mukaffiran that which is you know that which is not kufr yeah takfir at takfir bi ma laysa mukaffiran i can see where the base of you but if you say that the only people see khuruj are the khawarij because the ulama mentioned this next to each other I'll be like no imam ahmad you're using here I mentioned the ijma' that he brought. And what did Ahmed say when the ijma' he brought? He didn't say, he said, فَمَنْ فَعَلَ ذَلِكَ Anyone who does this, فَهُوَ مُبْتَدِعٌ عَلَى غَيْرِ السَّبِيلِ وَالسُنَّةِ That this person is a مُبْتَدِعٌ hmm. He's not upon the path, he's not upon the sunnah. He said, مُبْتَدِعٌ Ahmed made tabdi' of the person who does what? خُرُوج, right? Yeah. Now I want you to understand. I believe, and I'm going to prove inshaAllah ta'ala as we go on, That the person who goes against the oppressive Muslim leader are three types. I'm going to prove that inshallah ta'ala. The first one is the khawarij. Who yes, they do takfir of the Mus- to the Muslims in things that which are not kufr. Yes, that's true. And I'm, it's true. And there's another group who don't do takfir. Hmm. But they see the permissibility of, of going against the oppressive Muslim leader. And they are who? They are? The The Mubtadi'ah. The Mubtadi'ah, the innovators. Because I want to tell you something. The early Khawarij that came out at the time of Ali ibn Abi Talibin, they didn't do takfir of every major sin. That wasn't a bit hadqa they had. They just made takfir on one thing. Hukum bi ma anzala. They didn't do takfir of zina and khamar. That came after. Hmm. As that belief creeped into them later, they started to make principles for their belief. Do you understand my point? Yeah. Yani, so... To say that this is the only khawari, just no. Then, uh, uh, just then the third group you said you said there's three groups. You mentioned the first two, and the third group is the bugat. Who, yes, without a shadow of a doubt, they are not khawari, and they are not mubtadi'ah, but they are rebels who do khuruj. All three of them do khuruj, but they're rebels. They're forts. And inshallah ta'ala, I'm going to talk about the differences yeah. in great details. Inshallah ta'ala. But I just need you to understand Qutub al-Itiqad are dealing with the first two types yeah. They're dealing with the Khawarij And they're dealing with the Mubtadi'ah Al-Hasan ibn Salih They say he was a Mubtadi'ah Not a Khawariji mm. He wasn't a Khawariji He was a Mubtadi'ah Which shows there can be a difference between the two yeah, there are, there, 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 there. And that's, uh, that's important to know And yeah The way these are being used Are basically saying that Khuruj is not impermissible The only time it becomes impermissible is if you make, if you have this belief of making takfir of major sins because they're mentioned together. And we've dispelled this. But can I, can I, 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 this is where I start questioning things. I start thinking, yeah. things, you know, I start thinking, this doesn't make sense. And that is, you mentioned at the beginning of your discussion, you said to me, Abdurrahman, I believe it's, you're not allowed to do khuruj. So these statements that you're reading from these ulama, you need to be reading them and understanding that it's, you're not allowed to do khuruj. Mm-hmm. All the evidence I brought, all the aqwal of the ulama I brought, you're going to be, you, sh- you should be saying, yes, you're right, I believe that. Mm. You shouldn't be questioning them. True. Because you believe khuruj is not allowed. Yeah. You're only going to dispute one thing in the whole uh, podcast. That is an ijma'a or that's that all ikhtilaf. But if I see you questioning the ahadiths, weakening the ahadiths, if I see you saying that this hadith is weak, or if I see you saying this scholar didn't say this, or that scholar didn't say this, or Imam Ahmed's statement meant this, or Imam Al-Harb Al-Kirmani's statement meant And you dismantle all of the evidence that prohibits khuruj. Then why do then I? Then how did you come to the conclusion that you can't do khuruj? Unless really, unless really you don't believe khuruj is not allowed. Mm. 
Okay. Carrying on, in Sheikh Rabi al-Madkhali's Sharh of Aqid al-Raziyain, point 21 mentions we don't make takfir of the people of the Qibla based on their sins. Point 23 mentions we don't see khuruj to be permissible against the Imams. I'm just bringing them all even though we've, it's repetitive and we've mentioned them all. The statement of Imam Ahmed in Usul al-Sunnah, he mentions the issue of khuruj and how it is in opposition to the narrations of the, from the Prophet and the ijma' of the Muslims. This is a narration that you're bringing, I think. Okay. He says, it is not permissible for anybody to fight the, the Sultan or do khuruj against him and whoever does this is a mubtadi' and who is upon a path other than the Sunnah. So what did this? So was it? Was this? This is it's good. coming now. And it's good so far. Hey? Immediately after this, he says, "Fighting the Khawarij and the thieves is permissible." So what does that show? Yeah. It shows the two parties here. Yeah, it supports my argument. They say there's Muqtadi'a yeah. and there's a Khawarij. They say the fact that the word Khawarij was was mentioned straight after Muqtadi'a because they could do Khuruj as well means that it's connected. It means that the Khawarij they do Khuruj. But they're not, they're not, they don't only just do khuruj. They make, they do khuruj with takfir. Mm. That's their premise. But there's another party of people who do khuruj without making takfir. Yeah. And then the mubtadi'a, again, al-hasr ibn salih ibn hay. Final one I've got. Ali al-Madini also has a very similar narration same, to, same to the thing. one we just mentioned. He says, we do not rebel against the Muslim ruler. And anybody who does that has opposed the athar of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa and dies a death of jahiliyyah. It is not permissible for anybody from the people to do khuruj. Anybody from the people, it says. Ah. <laughs> Not possible for anybody from the people to do khuruj. It doesn't say that. It depends on their intention or anything. It doesn't. And whoever does that, he's an innovator in opposition to the sunnah. Hey, innovator, uh, that's a group, hey? Yeah, and then right after he mentioned that it is permissible to fight the khawarij and the thieves. Yes. Yani the khawarij are the ones who do khuruj with what? With takfir. They do, their khuruj is not just, he's a valim, I'm going against him. For example, I believe the opponents right now, their view is not the view of the Khawarij. Because they're not saying, I'm leaving this ruler because he did, they're not making takfir on him yeah. by saying he did a major sin. That's not the Khawarij opinion. The Khawarij, they make takfir on, yani, with them be with sins that are not kufr, that haven't reached the level of kufr. And then they do, then they do khuruj. This is their base. Yeah. Like in the Mubtadi'a, the innovators that Ahmed mentioned at the beginning. Yeah. And <laughs> Ali ibn Nadini mentions, they're the ones who say what? It's permissible for you to go against oppressive Muslim leader. That person is not a khariji. I know he's not. He's a mubitadiyah. Because yeah. he's not doing takfir aslan. Yeah. And I'm going to expand on that inshallah ta'ala. I'm going to bring the scholars who said this. Yeah, it's coming very soon inshallah. Finally thing that they say, uh, which is strange because when I went through the material, it's pretty much full of quotes from scholars, from scholars and nothing else. As we've seen, quotes mm -hmm. from scholars, quotes from scholars, all I've been bringing so far. They say, finally, even if these imams did make these statements, mm -hmm. they are not binding upon the ummah. They're so, not khujah, which we agree with. We've said many times, but it's, it's, it's very ironic. Okay, that is the issue of the books of Tiqad that we went through and the different statements there. Now I want to go on to the topic of uh, whether anybody who rebels is by default a khariji, mubtadi'ah, what is your what is your belief about this? You mentioned it a bit. Go into it a bit okay, more. Okay, now go into There's three groups. Okay. Let me start with the first two main groups that we've been discussing uh, mainly. The first one is un, the one, first one I know is known as the Bugat. And the Bugat are the people who are rebellious. Rebellious. They are by the way, all of these groups they do khuruj. Okay. But they do it in different ways with different mo motives and different mindsets. The Bugat they have two things which are distinct for them. I'm going to mention what is distinct and I'm going to mention what they all have in common. Fine. So the first group are the Bugat. Okay. 
The Bugat are those who are, they are annahum ahlul haq, they are ahlul haq. And the, in the proof, ahlul haq, meaning they are asking for what is their haq. Oh, that's what it means, ahlul haq. It doesn't mean they're the people of the truth. No. That they're doing a good thing. Ahlul Haq doesn't mean they're upon the truth. It just means what they are demanding and what they want is right. They've been wronged. They've been oppressed. They're asking, they want their rights. That's what they are. They're Ahlul Haq. But I have to ask you, how do you understand that? Because Ahlul Haq can also mean the people of the truth, can it not? No, what do you mean? Ahlul Haq. So why does Allah tell us to fight with them? Why does Allah and the Messenger and the Ijma' of the Ummah and the scholars is that we fight with these people? I'm going to go into this. Okay. They are Ahlul Haq, inshallah, meaning what they are asking for is legit. It doesn't pose what the Sharia. For example, the government is just cutting the electricity. They're not giving them their rights. There's, yani, they're being starved, they're, 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 etc. That's the first thing. Okay. Second thing, second reason is, khurujihim is dunyawi. They're worldly reasons. They don't have those. Qala Allah, qala Rasul. These are bugat. Okay. The first reason that they are Haq. Ibn Qudama mentions it, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, the 10th volume, page 46, he mentions it. The second one, which is that the, the sabab of the khurujna is worldly reason. Ibn Taymiyyah mentions it in his kitab, Minhaj Sunan Nabiya, the 5th volume, uh, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, uh, page 153, I think. Okay. And Ibn Hazmin also mentions it in his Muhalla, the 11th volume, page 333. That's the Bugat. Then we have the khawarij. What are the khawarij? I want you to understand this one. The khawarij, like in, they believe with conviction the aqidatul khawarij. They have the belief of the khawarij, which is the main view of the khawarij is uh, they believe a takfir to label and dispel and disassociate a person from the religion of Islam bimalaysa mukafiran, that which is not kufur. As Ibn Qudama mentions, he says, Al-Khawarijuh al-ladhina yukafiruna bi-dhanbi. They make takfir based on a sin. Also, uh, he mentions in his kitab al-Mughni, he said, وَإِذَا أَظْهَرَ قَوْمٌ رَأْيَ الْخَوَارِجِ مِثْلَ التَّكْفِيرِ مَنِ ارْتَكَبَ كَبِيرًا Zarkashi, he mentions, Al-Khawarij al-ladhina yukafiruna bi-dhanbi. So they made, Nawawi rahimahullah, he said, Al-Khawarijuh sinfun min al-mubitadi'ah. I like you need to know this. The Khawarij are a type of the innovators. يَعْتَقِدُونَ They believe أَنَّ مَنْ فَعَلَ كَبِيرَةً كَفَرَ وَخَلَدَ فِي النَّارِ And the person is in the hellfire forever. And Ibn Taymiyyah has a long discussion regarding them. They're the ones that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, يَقْتُلُونَ أَهْلَ الْإِسْلَامِ وَيَدَعُونَ أَهْلَ الْأَوْثَانِ They kill the Muslims and they are يعني, ones who leave the idol worshippers and disbelievers. That they, they, their harm is directed towards the Muslims. ISIS and Boko Haram and Al-Shabaab and all of these are khawarij. That's the first belief they have. Second thing is istihlalu dima'il muslimina wa amwalihim. They make halal for themselves, as I mentioned the hadith, they make halal for themselves the blood of the Muslims. Yaqtuluna ahl al-Islam wa yada'una ahl al-Awthan. The hadith mentions it. They kill the Muslims and um, they see the bloods of the Muslims permissible and they leave the disbelievers. Rather, they will say that killing you is my first priority. I have to deal with you first. Okay? Hmm. The fact this is the uh, this belief go to Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah's Minhaj al-Sunnah al-Nabawiyyah or Majmu' al-Fatawa specifically go to Ibn Taymiyyah's Majmu' al-Fatawa the 19th volume page 73 go to Fatuh al-Bari the 12th volume page 285 that's what they have 
يعني each one has separately the bughat this is what they are and the khawarij what about the mubtadi'a the mubtadi'a are those who do khuruj they may physically go and do khuruj and they may not do it lakin their brace is not the view of the khawarij okay they don't believe what the khawarij believe they might they don't make takfir of these leaders and they don't make takfir of the people and they don't istihlal dimaa al muslimin and they don't believe that they just hold the opinion that going against an oppressive muslim leader is permissible hmm. religiously permissible religiously permissible does that make sense yeah religiously is permissible and they come with kalam here or there these are the mubtadi'a this is the ones that shaykh al-islam uh, ibn taymi rahimahullah was talking about in his uh, sorry shaykh al-islam uh, sorry al-imam muhammad ibn hanbal and ali ibn al-madin which we're going to come to i'm going to come to what, what they said there are characteristics they are mushtarak they share both parties the bughat khawarij share also the mubtadi'a all three of them share this mm. the first one is al-baghyu they transgress they they're all bughat in the sense where they're all rebels they're yeah. all going out Answer. second thing is all of them are doing khuruj mm-hmm. third wujud well, not just do khuruj but see the permissibility of khuruj, of khuruj yes yeah. because even the khawarij may not do it yes because it's khawarij al-qa'adiyah they might sit back the like in the bughat they will do it they will do it yeah, yeah. the bughat can't just because it's not a religious thing for the it's bughat. not a religious thing yeah the bughat will do it okay the uh third type is wujud ta'wil interpretation is there everyone has his interpretation one is a religious interpretation one is a worldly interpretation the bughat they have a ta'wil which is sa'ir a valid yani interpretation then you've got the fourth type which is a hamlu silah they take weapons And so just because you say they've got a valid interpretation doesn't mean the act that comes after uh, that is Yeah, valid. they're going to be fought. Yeah. They're going to be fought. Yeah. The fourth thing that is hamlu silah they all take weapons. And the fifth one is al-imtina' an ta'at al-imam. They refuse the obedience of the imam. These are five things they all have in common. Okay? Hmm. All of them are fought. Fighting with all of them is is, is يعني so now i want you to understand something when we look at this issue of bughat and khawarij and the mubtadi'a there's two things that we need to look at the first thing is we need to, we need to look at their sifat the characteristics and i mentioned that to you now characteristics of each one what they unique in and what they share i fin- i've done that for you there's something else that you need to know which is shurutu qitalihim what's the condition of fighting them okay when you see the ulama talk about the bughat those are the two main points they're focusing on they try to distinguish and identify one from the other Okay, if you want to read more into this issue, you can go to the Fatwa al-Qadir, the sixth volume, page 99 to page 100, hmm. Bahrul Raiq, page 5, the, volume, the first, fifth volume, page 151. You can go to the Dakhira, which is the twelfth volume, page 5. You can go to Tajul Iqlil, which is the sixth volume, page 378. You can go to the Rawdha al-Talibin, the tenth volume, page 50. You can go to Minhaj al-Talibin, page 1, 131. You can go to the Mughni by Ibn Qudama, the 10th volume, uh, page uh, 46, and you can go to the Muhallal Ibn Hazmin, the 11th volume, page 33. Page 333. I want you to understand, I just gave you the four madhabs and the Zahiri madhab. Hmm. All of them I've given you a book, or at least two. Uh, you can go to at least one book in each madhab that you could go to, Hanafiyyah, Malikiyyah, Shafi'iyyah, and Hanabilah. And Ibn Hazmin And then I told you Ibn Hazmin Who's a Zahiri Where you can find what he said In other words What I'm trying to show you This is the view that, That's been mentioned by them So what did I just tell you now I told you And I explained to you And the natija That we reached here Is that There are sifat Which are Khas for the Bughat And there's characteristics Which is Khas for the Khawarij 
and there's characteristics which are khas for the mubtadi'ah. Khas means specific. I mentioned that, right? Yes. And I also mentioned the sifat which are yashtarikuna fi sifat. They, they share a, a few characteristics. Al-baghyu, al-khurujuh, wujudu ta'wil, hamlu silah, al-imtina' and ta'ati al-imam. They all share this, this. The question here is, so we now finished the characteristics, right? Yeah. Now we're going to go into what are the shurut for us to fight them. Okay. Okay, when is the, it becomes permissible to fight them. So let's talk about this second, this is the second thing. They mention characteristics which they all share for us to fight them. First of all, it has to be, uh, the land has to be Daru Islam. Has to be a land of the Muslims. Okay, that they go in, they're okay. doing this in. Number two is, that they have force, they have power. Now, Kathra or Biquwa, this is not agreed upon. The Maliki don't believe all of that. That the Kathra and the Quwa and all of that and Yani doesn't if it's a lot, if it's little, Maliki don't that's that's a shart that they don't take like that. But Jumhur they they distinguish it. The fourth one is imami. They have to leave the, the grab of the Imam, the rebel out of they go out outside him. Okay? That's the fourth. These are characteristics. The fifth one is There has to be interpretation they have. Okay? Those five is a condition they mention where it makes it permissible to fight them. Okay? There's, there's conditions that are specific for the khawarij. Shurut mm. that are conditioned for the khawarij dun al-bughat, not the bughat. Okay? And there's also uh, characteristics, uh, sorry, conditions that are specific for the bughat, not necessarily for the for the khawarij. I mean, there are characteristics which we say this is specific to them and this is... That now, that's not agreed upon by the ulama. I mean, all the ulama don't I mean, take those yeah, I mean, characteristics that, as uh, as binding. So you can find it in Madani al-Kutub, uh, in the books of fiqh and kutul fuqaha that I mentioned, the references that I uh, gave now. Okay, so to summarize then, what you're saying is that anybody who makes khuruj, or in the case of the khawarij and the mubtadi'ah, who sees the permissibility of khuruj, even if they don't do it themselves, they're actually broken down into three groups of people. Mm-hmm. One is the khawarij, and this group, they actually make takfir of the rulers based mm-hmm. on sins, and then as a result, they do khuruj based on that. Aina. The second one is mubtadi'ah, who don't make takfir of the rulers, they say they're Muslim, oppressive rulers, but they still believe it's permissible to do khuruj against them. Mm-hmm. And the third group is the bughat, who is not even a deen issue, it's not even like a, a, a religious issue, they just want to get their right for the dunya, dunya things that they're after, and as a result of that, they do khuruj mm-hmm. against the ruler. Okay, have you ever said that by default, the one who does khuruj is a khariji? No, not always. I just mentioned it now. But in previous less lectures or anything, I don't know if you... No, I do say that because a lot of the people I've come across, I say it because of the fact that I met a lot of people who basically say it's takfir. But in the tahqiq, you see, there's things that you say when you're teaching the kutub al-i'tiqad because a lot of the people, they're saying they're kuffar, so we can go against them. I've Honestly speaking, I haven't seen this like this mindset, this jura mm. that I've seen now. Somebody mm. saying, I'm not saying they're kuffar. Hey. But still believe it's Muslims. Hey, yeah. Mm. And you do, you do khuruj on them. Uh, this is, for me personally, in the course of my life in da'wah like this, yani in the English language I'm talking about, I've yeah. seen it in the Arab world, but in the English language, I haven't seen someone come out like this mm. to say that 
you can do khuruj against an oppressive Muslim leader on the grounds that he's a Muslim. I'm not even saying he's a kafir. Yeah. So when I'm talking to that person, I'm going to be like, okay, now we have to we have to break this issue down. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not doing tak- no, I'm not doing takfir. I've been over the years. I've been dealing with people who were making takfir of the yeah. Muslim leaders. Saying kafir, kuffar, all of them, qatibatun, bidun istithna. They're kuffar. La yuminuna billahi wa la biliyamil akhir. Akfaru min al yahudi wa nasara. People like that. <laughs> so those type of people, we know that their belief is, yani, in line with the khawarij. In line with what? The khawarij. So we dealt with them as as we deal with the khawarij. Yeah. We mentioned those evidences to yeah. them, and we will label them as khawarij. Yeah. Like there's this new movement, which is. Not only am I, are they saying that uh, you 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 can go against an oppressive Muslim leader, uh, they're saying, uh, they're saying it's a valid difference of opinion, or they they they're saying, I'm seeing a group of people actually saying that you can. There's also a group of people saying, no, you don't, you can't do khuruj uh, uh, with a oppressive Muslim leader, but uh, it's it's it's, fa- it's valid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we shouldn't go inkar masail ijtihadiya la inkar fi masail ijtihad. So those people, I will say. Calling the khawarij and the tahqiq is not valid. Uh, what seems to be strong with ilm and Allah knowledge is Allah is that you say these are mubtadi'ah. Their view is ibtida'ah. Okay. The good thing is we don't need to go through. I mean, they've got a lot of statements here, but what's happened is that the other side who are holding the position that I'm representing today, um, they actually didn't realize that you separated it in three different groups. They just assumed that you are saying that anybody who believes khuruj is miscible. I think one of the, they're either saying one of two things. And I'm not 100% sure myself. Either they're saying you believe he's an automatic khadiji or they're saying he, you believe he's an automatic innovator, which might be true if you're talking about the context of the deen. But they brought a lot of statements about Sheikh Islam Ibn Taymiyyah, Ibn Qudam al-Maqtizi, the same statements you brought, mentioning the Bugat and saying how the ulama actually made a difference. But of course, and this is why a conversation is almost better to have these kind of things because you can clear these up things hey, up in minutes. So minutes, minutes. Whereas what's actually happened is that hour-long videos have been made based on this. That, 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 see, that's what I'm saying. That statement of there being that group is clear in Ahmed's statement when he said, "Woman خرج على إمام من أئمة المسلمين وقد كانوا اجتمعوا عليه وأقروا له بالخلافة بأي وجه كان بالرضا أو الغلبة فقد شق هذا الخارج عسى المسلمين." وخالف الآثار عن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فإن مات الخارج عليه مات ميتة جاهلية ولا يحل قتال السلطان نكريسيز ولا الخروج عليه لأحد من الناس نكريسيز أفضل فمن فعل ذلك anyone who goes against the oppressive Muslim leader فهو فهو خارجي فهو مبتدع he's a مبتدع على غير السنة والطريق and he's on a path other than the path of the sunnah so he's a مبتدع there's that group that exists they call them مبتدع so the first people are those man yukaffiruhu bikabira major sins they make takfir of him. Khawarij. So there's a kharij, we call them to those kharijis. And there are those people who religiously believe yani, that it's permissible to go against an oppressive leader because of his fisq. Bila takfir, without any takfir, fayubadda wa yudallal. Those are considered mubtadi'a and misguided people. They're warned against, but they are not khawarij. Like Al-Hasan ibn Salih. Sufyan al-Thawri did that to Hassan ibn Salih. Uh, Imam Ahmad did the same to Al-Hasan ibn Salih. Zaidat ibn Qudamata did that to Al-Hasan ibn Salih. They didn't make, t- 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 they didn't say, see him as a Khariji. He wasn't a Khariji to them. He was a Mubtadi' to them. Mm. And there's that third group, which is Lihadhin <laughs> Dunyawi. These are the, well, they go for worldly reasons, butter and bread. They strike because the, they want their salary, they're busting, striking and everything, and they do khuruj and they rebel and they take their weapons and they fight and they loot and wa These are Bugat, rebels. 
Yeah, yeah. Those are the three types of people. And they're still wrong. Just to clarify, when we say they've got a valid ahlul haq, they're valid, they've got a valid thing that they're fighting for. For example, let's get rid of racism. It doesn't mean that khuruj as a result of that is uh, valid. No. It's still wrong. They no. should still be for. Okay. Um, so, uh, so don't you think to yourself that the fight is restricted to the khawarij? Mm. All three, part, three parties are fought. I've got an interesting question then. What do you say about the fourth group? Because you mentioned three groups. The one who believes makes takfir based on sins and then does khuruj. The one who believes khuruj is permissible. The one who is not really related to the deen is just dunya issue. Hey. The fourth group now is the one I'm representing on this podcast. They don't believe khuruj is permissible, hey. but they believe there's a valid ikhtilaf. They mubtada or what would you say about them? You see, when I mention these issues, I'm first of all speaking generally. Ah, fulan is a mubtada and alan is a mubtada. I'm not doing that. Hmm. I'm just mentioning a general ruling that any single person who believes, general student, like, any, like I say, anyone who leaves the salah is careful. I know many people don't pray the salah. They don't do sujood mm. unless they fall on the floor. They don't prostrate to Allah Taala. Now, am I doing takfir? No, I'm not taking takfir on them. Hukum am and hukum There's a general am. Yeah. Specific, يعني, you fulan are a mubtid. That's another discussion for an, plus it's not even my place, Aslan, so I don't entertain that idea. I won't entertain it. Uh, because I don't need to go around and say takafir mubtadi' kafir mubtadi' aslan. Like when I spe- generally speak, I'm speaking like Ahmed spoke. And anyone who does this, he's a mubtadi' and he's upon the path other than the path of the Prophet. So this view that has been pushed, um, that there's valid difference of opinion, I'm very skeptical of this view personally. I'll be honest with you. I'm very skeptical of this whole push because. You can't be insulting the people who are saying on the other side. There's no valid difference of opinion. Mm. If and you believe what they believe, yeah. like the end result is the same. You actually yeah, believe what they believe. Yeah, because what you're, do, what you're and, doing, yeah. doing is you're saying these oppressive Muslim leaders should be, be, we have to be patient on them and let us accept their uh, oppression by being patient. But then you're insulting those people by saying you're taking... And do you understand my point? You're, yeah. You're, you're bit, Slaves are the rulers. So I'm questioning whether that the, the, the view is valid, validly held on to. It's very questionable. Yeah. You're weakening all the narrations or you're weakening this narration. You're dismissing the aqwal of the ulama. You're, you're bringing this to the amatul nas. And even if I believe today there's a valid difference of opinion for niqab not being wajib, I can't really argue for it because I don't believe it. Yeah. And even yeah. if I, I do, I believe that niqab is a valid difference of opinion, right? Yeah. But I don't even know how to start debating for it because every time I'm going to feel in my head, yeah, it is this not strong. Yeah. Because I don't believe it to be valid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So um, I'm just going to go through these, skip through these statements. So because some people, so, so these Khawarij who, yani, Imam uh, Malik used to believe that the Khawarij, Malik, he, had a, he held a, pu- a belief uh, regarding the Ibadiyya, their type of Khawarij. Mm. He believed they were asked to be re- repented. They were to be told repent. If they don't repent, Imam Malik believed that they will be killed. He used to say, Ismail ibn Ishaq, and he said, رأى مالك قتل الخوارج وأهل القدر من أجل الفساد الداخلي في الدين كقطاع الطريق فإن تابوا إلا قتلوا على إفسادهم لا على كفرهم. They're not, they're not killed because they're disbelievers. Okay, uh, I'm just going to skip through these statements because these are the statements that they bring forward. But of course, there's no uh, there's no contradiction between what you're saying and they're saying. Really, it's just a misunderstanding, and as a result, there's uh, a huge mess occurred. But they say Kitab al ibn Muflih, Sheikh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said the majority of the ulama distinguish between the Khawarij and the Bughat while making an interpretation exactly the same as you just said. They're both going out against the ruler, but the ulama make a distinction, and this was known amongst the Sahaba and the Imams from the people of the Hadith. No issue, you've already said that. In Muqdam al-Maqtasi mentions al-Mughni, this is a statement I think you were bringing, those who rebel against the ruler are broken down into four groups. 
So he said four groups actually. The first group is the highway robbers who commit corruption on earth. The second group are those who rebel with ta'wil, i.e. based on interpretation. The third group is the khawarij who make takfir based on major sins. And they make takfir of Uthman, Ali and many of the companions. And they make the blood and the wealth of the Muslims halal. And then the fourth group are a group from the people of truth, Ahlul Haq. They rebel against the Imam. So these uh, one he's saying, which is Wal Kharijun and Qabdati Imani Asnaf al Arbaat when he's saying, yeah. Yeah. Then after he said Tumakal, a sinful rabbi. He said, Qomun min ahli haq, Yahrujun and Qabdati Imam Sah, Wayarumun Khalahu Litawil in Sa'irun wa Fihi Manaatun Yuhtaju, Fikafim ila Jamir al Jeshi, Fahaula il Bugati Ladina, Nadkuru Fihadal Babi, Hukmahum, Wajibun al Nasi, Maruna Ta Imamin Fikital il Bugati, Limad the Karna Fi Awal il Babi, Walianum Lautaraku, Munatahu, Lakahara Ahlul Bari, Wadahara al Fasadu Filardi. So this is exactly what I was mentioning. That the Bugat are what? Ahlul Haq. Yeah. Second thing is what? The sabab of their khuruj is what? Worldly reasons. Like he didn't mention that they're worldly reasons. But I already told you who? Who mentioned that the, the call is wrong? Ibn Taymiyyah mentions it. Yeah. And also Ibn Hazmin in his muhalla. Yeah. And, the, and if they're trying to cling on to the statement, Ahlul Haq, the people of truth, then it obviously can't be the people of truth because we've been told to fight them as well. Uh, so what, me, what it means that the Ahlul Haq is meant, they, they, what they're asking for is their rights. Yeah. And that's another huge misunderstanding. Like in the Khawarij and the, uh, the, the, the Mubtadi'ah know their premise is wrong. Yeah. They're not Haq, how are they upon Haq? Make takfir of a Muslim, bidambin. You're not upon haq. The mubtadi'ana, they're not upon haq. You're not allowed to do khuruj on a person being fasiq. So it's really a proof. Ahlul haq here is actually a proof against the people I who know. believe there's been misfortune. But they actually use it as a proof for them, saying, how can people who do khuruj be from the people of truth? But, okay. Um, okay. After that, we have uh, Imam Manawi in his role, the Talibin, the Baghi, is the one who opposes a just ruler and disobeys him by staying away from what is obligatory upon him or other than him. He goes on to say the Baghi is not to be criticized and he is not sinful and you don't mention them with any kufr because they are mistaken in what they do because of their ta'wil. Mm -hmm. So they're not kufar, of course they're not yeah. kufar. Okay, so Neither of the three groups are kufar, all of them are Muslims. Yeah. Khawarij Zohar, you believe that, yeah? The strongest opinion is that they're Muslims. Okay, okay so um, again, that was just really a misunderstanding that occurred, I believe, that they thought that you were saying every person who rebels is automatically a Khawarijji. And you that you didn't even recognize the Bugat out there, and they wanted to show you that. But again, could have been very easily clear, uh, cleared up if um, a conversation took place between the two parties. But that's where we are now. Next thing I want to talk about is protesting in a Muslim country. Okay. Is this allowed? Uh, no, it's khuruj. I told you. It's, it's because so it's... protesting is part of khuruj. What if someone says that I'm not trying to uh, overthrow the Muslim ruler? I'm not even trying to make khuruj or disobey him. I'm just raising awareness. I'm just letting him know that this law that he's made, I'm not too happy with it. And what other way can we let him know? So what was the Prophet So I'm going to respond in four ways. Okay. The first one is that it's muqalifun lil adillati wa ijma'i salafi. So it goes against the adilla that I mentioned before and the ijma' of the salaf, which was what? To be patient upon the oppressive Muslim leader. That statement was used, patience. Hmm. And what does the word patient mean in, mean in the Arabic language? It means al-imsak, is to withhold. So you, you refrain, you withhold yourself. That's number one. Number two, it is that there is a, sac I already spoke about, there is a tariqa shara'iya fi munasahat al-hukam. There's a san sanctioned way to give advice to the leader. Mudaharat is not from those things. To go out there in public and then speak about him and mention his faults and mistakes. We already mentioned the hadith that we authenticated, the hadith, Iyad ibn Ghanmin. Which was Iman Arad Ayan Sahadi Sultani Falayubdilahu Alaniya. Hadi Ibn Asi mentions in his Kitab al Sunnah, we authenticated it, right? That anyone who wants to advise the leader, go and advise him privately. And Alhamdulillah, there are many channels now, you can send the letters to them. And if they read it, Alhamdulillah, if not, Qadrullah Masha'afal. A date, the Prophet said, if you've done your part. 
the third response I want to give is inshallah ta'ala is that this is a path lam yattakhidha as-salaf the salaf 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 salih did not take when there was the need for it to do mudaharat they never took that path not the, so it's not like someone who says there's a ikhtilaf which is sa'ikh because the salaf did khuruj that's their premise yeah, yeah. and here if you're going to be consistent and take what the salaf did Yeah, yeah. There is no no self made doing protests or anything well, like at that. all, and rather these people who are asking this question or arguing this, they're already using religious reasons, so they're trying to get closer to Allah by doing the protest. It seems from their discussion, so this falls under bid'ah, which is you're you're doing a, a, a wasila that the Prophet did not sanction, the pious predecessors did not do do, while the need for it was there, when tafal mani' and the, If preventive factor is absent yeah, So the Sahabs could have done it It's not like microphone They couldn't have done True. Something they could have done yeah. The need for it That you're saying Was also there at that Correct. time yeah. But they chose not to do it If you do it It's innovation yeah. And that, that is a very important point To understand Last but not least It's a means to corruption And anarchy And you know Za'za'atul amn It's to really, really bring Stability in the land And to cause you know Havoc Which happens in many lands When the mudaharat started I don't need to go into The supposed Irish Spring that was done, how it all started off, and how many people were killed, and and you go online, just go YouTube and watch yeah. women talking about their incidents of what happened to them and what was done to them and how they were harmed. Yeah. And and uh, maybe a fifth thing I'd add, add on to that is that there are certain things that are connected to protests that can't be removed from the certain things that go against the Sharia, and we talked about this and we spoke about this in great detail. I think. If my memory serves me correctly, the podcast was called "How to Rectify a Society." But we were talking about protests in the non-Muslim lands. Yeah, so yeah, I, I want to understand a, a non-Muslim land. We can't use the Hadith of Sabr and the Ijma. Yeah, we don't sure. in the land of the non-Muslims that, that doesn't exist. We weren't commanded to obey, yeah, to a non-Muslim. We're there only, but uh, in those countries with a contract, a hud, a mawathiq. I and mean, that's what we come from that from yeah, that perspective yeah. you sign a contract the contract is the visa that you use when you come into the country mm. so be a law abiding citizen by doing what you know is you know in this country as long as it doesn't go against your religion if it does just ignore it now that's like in the reason why we said it's haram in the non muslim lands is because of other factors like the concept of ikhtilat and the concept of you know other maharim yes, and muharramat yes, that yeah. are done and if the person is trying to get closer to allah by these mudaharat la shaka is innovation yeah. like in the lands of the non in the land of the muslims There's many reasons why it's haram. Number one, it goes against the evidence that command us to be patient. Mm. As-sabr, this was the statements that the Prophet ﷺ used, to be patient. And this goes against patience. Yes, naturally being patient upon something, a law that's passed you don't like. Patience means you yeah. don't try and change it, you don't try. And, and then after that, the Sharia sanctioned how to advise him. If you do feel like you want to advise him yeah. and you feel like injustice is, be, is being done here, there's ways that the Sharia sanctioned for you. That tariq shariah, you go and you take that path. This path is not from the path that the Sharia sanctioned for you. I'm I'm only just saying to you follow what Allah and His Messenger sanctioned. It's as simple as that. And if you feel like you're going to do this to try and get closer to Allah, then it becomes innovation because it wasn't done by the Salaf al-Salih, and it had the ability to do it and the and the um, the time called for it as well. Okay, the next thing I want to mention, um, and again, many of these that we've mentioned today are actually things that have not even brought out in the English world. You actually, these are actually things that have been brought out. In Arab world or in other books, but we mention it just in case people start to mention them. We want to make this as comprehensive as possible. Uh, the companions, radiallahu anhum, said to Umar, radiallahu anhu, by Allah, this is when he was taking the khilafah, by Allah, if we see from you an issue that we reject, 
we will stand against you with our swords. To which I believe Umar replied, All praise for Allah, the one who made in the Ummah of Muhammad وسلم, the one who will straighten Umar with his sword. So this indicates that the companions believed that we could straighten the ruler with our swords and Umar approved it. So this narration that you mentioned, where it says, يعني, يعني, عمر, I entered upon Umar, you, يعني, uh, I mean, this, the, the one I came across was that. Like the one I, they, they mentioned is that he, they said to him, Wallahi law ra'ayna minka amran nunkiruhu laqawwamnaaka bihaddi suyufina. So this statement which is bihaddi suyufina, we would strengthen you, we would, Umar, we would strengthen you by the edges of our swords. I would straighten you, like straighten you. Yeah, straighten you. Yeah. We will make sure you're, you're upright you're by the end. I haven't seen that particular version. Okay. I haven't found it sahih or da'if, that wording. So if so, the person, other people can prove it, it will be nice. And I haven't come across this sahih wala da'if. Okay. I haven't seen it sahih or da'if. But what I've seen is the hadith of Hudayfa where he said, I, I entered upon Umar. Okay, Hudayfa's one. Where he said, I entered upon Umar. And when I entered upon him, uh, when he was sitting, uh, and I said to him, uh, what he said to him, and then after that he said to him, Umar uh, radiallahu anhu said to him that's it that's it that word is not in there okay what does it mean in English it just means we're gonna we're going to make sure that we keep you upright Umar the one that you mentioned is that with our swords was mentioned like here it just says we will just keep you upright Umar so this is a bit different from the other one because now it's not sword. It can be nasiha, nasiha, yeah. and we take a shallow way to to correct you. So that's a, a point that I, inshallah ta'ala and want. Also, the riwaya uh, that says hadi suyufina, amalawajajta laqawamnaka bihadi suyufina. Okay. Uh, that's, that's that's what I can think of now. Yeah. Okay. Um, the next one is It is permissible to rebel with a sword Due to the hadith Whoever strives against them with his hands This is فَمَنْ جَاهَدَهُمْ بِيَدِهِ فَهُوَ مُؤْمِنْ This is part of a hadith Whoever strives against them with his hand Is a believer Maybe you have the full hadith with you I'm not sure So the, the, you're, you're talking about the hadith Of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud Radiallahu ta'ala anhu May Allah be pleased with him Ibn, ibn Batta mentions it right In Ilbanat al-Kubra mm. And in there it says لم يكن نبي قط إلا كان له من أمته حواريون وأصحاب يتبعون أمره ويهتدون بسنته ثم يأتي من بعد ذلك أمراء يقولون ما لا يفعلون يفعلون ما لا يؤمرون يغيرون السنن ويظهرون البدع فمن جاهدهم بيده فهو مؤمن ومن جاهدهم بلسانه فهو مؤمن ومن جاهدهم بقلبه فهو مؤمن وليس وراء ذلك من الإيمان مثقال حبة خردل so the part that you want from it is فَمَنْ جَاهَدَهُمْ بِيَدِهِ Anyone who does jihad with these umara. Yeah, I can give the context, read the English translation okay. if you want me to. Yeah. Never has a prophet been sent before me by Allah to his people, but he had among his people disciples and companions who followed his ways and obeyed his command. Then there came after, from, after them their successors who proclaimed what they did not practice and practiced what they were not commanded to do. And whoever strove against them with his hand is a believer. And whoever strives against them with his heart is a believer, and whoever strove against them with his tongue is a believer, and beyond that there is no grain of faith. So here what we can take from this is that um, the hadiths, they explain one another. And the evidences and the proofs, they're meant to support one another. And we mentioned the ijma' that the ulama transmitted, that it's haram to do khuruj ala sultan. So this hadith, we will take it as 
doing inkar in that which the leader brings. The muharramat, such as musical instruments that you find somewhere, you go and you break it. With muraat al-masalihi wal-mafasid. Or you see alcohol somewhere and you break those alcohols. Ibn Rajab bin Rahimahullah, mentions that understanding. He says, وَقَدْ يُجَابُ عَنْ ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّ التَّغِيرَ بِالْيَدِ لَا يَسْتَلْزِمُ الْقِتَالَ It doesn't mean fighting with the leader. وَقَدْ نَسَّ عَلَى ذَلِكَ أَحْمَدْ فِي رِوَايَةِ صَارِحٍ فَقَالَ التَّغِيرُ بِالْيَدِ لَيْسَ بِالسَّيْفِ وَالسِّلَحِ وَحِينَئِذٍ فَجِهَادُ الْأُمَرَاءِ بِالْيَدِ أَنْ يُزِيلَ بِيَدِهِ مَا فَعَلُوهُ مِنَ الْمُنْكَرَاتِ Whatever the leaders have made and done, you go and you remove it with what? With your hand. You go out and you destroy it. مِثْلَ أَنْ يُرِيقَ خُمُورَهُمْ أَوْ يَكْسِرَ الْآلَاتِ الْمَلَاهِ الَّتِي لَهُمْ So you destroy the the thing, the instrumental things that they put out there and also the alcohol that they put down there. وَنَحْوِ ذَلِكَ أَوْ يُبْطِلَ بِيَدِهِ مَا أَمَرُوا بِهِ مِنَ الظُّلْمِ إِنْ كَانَ لَهُ قُدْرَةٌ عَلَى ذَلِكَ Or what he does is that he, get, he destroys with his hands that which they commanded in terms of the oppression. So you're able to do that. In For example, the family that you know that tomorrow are going to be harmed, you get at it there and you take them out of the place and you save them, you take them to safe haven. Okay. This doesn't mean that you fight with them. And Ibn Rajab said this hadith doesn't mean to do on them. Which the prohibition came. Why? Because if you go and you destroy the things that they put out of there, who are they going to kill? Only you. But if you do khuruj, they're going to fight back with not just you but all the other people. The second response to this That's one response okay. The second response is that This hadith is talking about The early nations And it's not actually referring to Our sharia And this is the view by the way Of Ibn Salah and Nawawi Nawawi actually took the opinion That this is the early nations He said Ala anna hadha al-hadith Masooqun fi man sabaqa min al-umam Walaysa fi lafzihi Dhikru li hadhi al-umma Hadha akhiru kalam al-shaykh Abi Amr Wa huwa zahirun kama qala So this is the statement of Nawawi he says this is what it appears to be. Yeah. And this is also a view attributed to Ibn Salah. The third response is that uh, Imam Ahmed, when he saw this hadith, that is in a position to the many hadiths where the Prophet talked about being patient with the oppressed Muslim leader, uh, to be patient upon the Muslim leader, Ahmed weakened his hadith. Just uh, based on that reason? or Yeah, because he said there's a illa, of course, there's a hid, these are mutawatir. Mm. There's a reason why this hadith is saying it. And not only did he just do that as well, Al-Atharam did the same. And it's one of the reasons why scholars weaken hadith. Ahmed said, Ja'far hadha huwa Abu Abdillahi al-Humayd ibn Ja'far. Wal-Harith ibn Fudaylin laysa bi Mahmud al-Hadith. Al-Harith ibn Fudayl, who's in the chain, laysa bi Mahmud al-Hadith. It's not praiseworthy. Wahadha al-Kalamu la yushbihu kalam ibn Mas'udin. Ibn Mas'udin yaqulu qala Rasulullah s.a.w. Ispiru hatta talqawni. Because he said this hadith, is narrated by who? Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, right? Yeah. We have another hadith of Ibn Mas'ud, which the Prophet said, be patient until you meet me on the fountain. Mm. And that hadith, he's saying, is more stronger and better. Okay, it's more stronger and better. Al-Atharam, who's a student of Ibn Muhammad, he said, وَهَذَا عَنِ بْنِ مَسْعُودِ وَذَاكَ عَنِ بْنِ مَسْعُودِ This was narrated by Ibn Mas'ud, and this was narrated by Ibn Mas'ud. وَهَذَا أَثْبَتُ الْإِسْنَادَيْنِ This one is more stronger in his chain. وَهُوَ مُوَافِقُ لِلْأَحَادِيثِ And it's also in line with all the other hadiths. وَذَاكَ مُخَالِفٌ And this was in a position. ثُمَّ تَوَاتَرَتِ الْأَحَادِيثُ عَمْ لِلنَّبِي صَلَى عَلَيْهِ سَلَمَ فَكَثُرَتْ عَنْهُ عَنِ الصَّحَابَةِ وَلَأَيْمَةِ بَعْدَهُمْ يَأْمُرُونَ بِالْكَفِّ وَيَكْرَهُونَ الْخُرُوجَ وَيَنْسِبُونَ مَنْ خَالَفٌ فِي ذَلِكَ إِلَى فِرَاقِ الْجَمَاعَةِ وَمَذْهَبُ الْحَرُورِيَةِ وَتَرْكِ السُنَّةِ
ذيس از ذا فيو اوف ذا حروريه يعني حروريه هذا خوارج سو وي كان وي كان باي ذا واي اتس جاست ون اوف ذا ريسبونسز انذر فيو از ذا اتس وات ذا ايرلي نيشنز انذر فيو از ذا اتس نوت اكشلي ايفن توكينج اباوت خروج ابن رجب قول اي منشن ويتش از ذا ات مينز ويفر يعني محرمات ذي بوت اوت ذير ويز لوكينج ات ذا مصالح اند ذا مفاسد يو كان جو اند ديستروي اند دو جهاد ويز يور هاند اي نعم اوكي ذا نيكست ون اي هاف فور يو از ذا They say it is permissible to rebel against the ruler with a sword due to the khuruj of Musa ibn Uqba. So this narration that you're mentioning that uh, Musa ibn Uqba narrated, um, they say that he said that Umar radiallahu said, لَنْ يَعْجَزَ النَّاسُ أَنْ يُوَلُّوا رَجُلًا مِنْهُمْ فَإِنْ اسْتَقَامَ اِتَّبِعُوهُ وَإِنْ جَنَفَ قَتَلُوهُ فَقَالَ طَلْحَةُ هِسَتُهِمْ وَمَا عَلَيْكَ لَوْ قُلْتَ إِنْ تَعَوَّجَ عزلوه فقال عمر لا القتل انكل لمن بعده سو عمر رضي الله عنه ان ذس حديث سين هي سين كيل ذا بيرسون اوكي اف هي بيسيكلي از يعني اوبريسيف اف هي يعني دي هي جوز اواي فروم ذا رايت باث سو طلحه اكشلي سيت هيم واي دو يو جست سي ريموف هيم يعني ذس انف عمر نو سيد نو كيل هيم بيكوز ذات از It's a, it's a strong message to those who come after. It's going to be a reminder for them. This is what's going to happen to you. So this we say, uh, it's Mursal. Yani Muslim ibn Uqba never heard from Umar. Is it Muslim And, or Musa? Sorry, Musa ibn Uqba. He never heard from Umar. And he didn't even reach the time of Umar al-Khattab. So there's a disconnection there. Okay. Uh, and also the hadith, Oh, this statement is actually مخالف it's in opposition to that which has authentically been transmitted from Umar عنه, when he came to the advice that he gave to uh, Suwaid ibn Ghafala when he said to him Ya Aba Umayya inni la adri la'alli la alqaka ba'd aami hadha fasma' wa ati' wa in ummir alayka abdun habashiyun mujadda'un in darabaka fasbir wa in haramaka fasbir wa in arada amran yantaqisu deenaka faqul سمع وطاعة ودم دون ديني فلا تفارق الجماعة ابن أبي شيبة narrated this عبد الرزاق بن همام الصنعاني narrated in his مصنف الأجري narrated in شريعة قلال also narrated in his كتاب السنة using as a proof and the authentic is authentic from Umar and we mentioned this before Umar said if he, if, he, if he beats you be patient if he prevents you from what's your right be patient if he even tries to do something related to your religion then also listen and obey him in other things as for this issue say to him dini duna demi my blood comes first before my religion you're going to have to kill me if you want but i'm not going to give him for my religion but then he said fala tufariq al jamaa don't also go against the jamaa the third response is that this is mukhalif lil adillati al mutawatirah it goes against the multitude narrations that we mentioned regarding going against the oppressive muslim leader and the fourth one is is also in a position to what It's in opposition to what the ijma' of Ahlul Sunnah and the aqeed of Ahlul Sunnah that we mentioned all through the podcast. The next one I have for you is uh, again an athar from Umar radiallahu anhu uh, where it's narrated that he said do not be witnesses on earth until you take your rights from your leaders the way they take it from you and that you smack their necks in truth the way they, they are smacking your necks. So this Ibn Shabbah Hafiz Umar ibn Shabba al-Basri who died in 262 uh, his name is Abu Zaid uh, he narrated this uh, he has a 
يعني كتاب in تاريخ which he mentions it in there and he mentions that الأشعث and with him وجماعة from the people of Kufa they went to Umar requesting him from removing Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas who was the Amir of Kufa and was also one of the you know the courageous uh, people of Qadisiyah and he was also the Khalu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa the Prophet's maternal uncle uh, Umar removed him uh, because of their want and what they wanted even though he believed in Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas and then he said something to them which is what they try to mention from the narration is that part that you mentioned which was it was an accurate translation in English the translation I've got is do not be witnesses on earth until you take your rights from your leaders the way they take it from you and that you smack their necks in truth the way they are smacking your necks uh, this, so they say this is basically the permissibility of doing al-khuruj with the sword upon a hakim who is jail al-zalimun so we say the first of all quickly and easily the hadith is daif the qissa is daif in the chain is a man by the name of Harun ibn Abdullah al-Hadrami no one يعني, graded him thiqah other than Ibn Hibban in his Kitab al-Thiqat. And you know the Tawthiq of Ibn Hibban is mutasahil. And he, Ibn Hibban makes Tawthiq of the Majahil, people who are unknown. And uh, I haven't come across anyone who made Tawthiq of him other than Ibn Hibban. So he is a majhulun, and his jahala is jahalatu hal. Okay? Also in the chain is a man by the name of Afif ibn Ma'di Karibin. Uh, Abu Hatim and Ibn Abdul Barr and Al-Ajli, all of them, they mention uh, that he's not a companion, okay? And those who say that he is a companion, Afif ibn Ma'di Karibin, they actually didn't bring a proof for it. So if a person's, him being a companion is actually not established, then he becomes what? Machul, unknown. Jahalatu Halid. And also the fact that Al-Ajli gave tawthiq to him, we don't also rely on it. This causes a reason. Because uh, Al-Ajli in his tawthiq, when he prays, and he does tawthiq of a, a majahil, from the tabi'in, he's more mutasahil than Ibn Hibban. Mm. And Al-Mu'allim pointed this out in his kitab al-Tanqeel, bima fi ta'nib al-Kawthari min al-Abatil. He said, فَابْنُ حِبَّانٍ قَدْ يَذْكُرُ فِي الثِّقَاتِ مَنْ يَجِدُ الْبُخَارِيَّ سَمَّهُ فِي تَارِيخِهِ مِنَ الْقُدَمَاءِ وَإِنْ لَمْ يَعْرِفْ مَا رَوَى وَعَمَّ الرَّوَى وَمَنْ رَوَى عَنْهُ وَلَكِنْ Ibn Hibban يُشَدِّدُ وَرُبَّمَا تَعَنَّتَ فِي مَنْ وَجَدَ فِي رِوَايَتِهِ مَا this is the part that concerns me. He says, وَالْعَجْلِيُّ قَرِيبًا مِنْهُ فِي التَّوْثِيقِ الْمَجَاهِيلِ مِنَ الْقُدَمَاءِ وَكَذَلِكَ بْنُ سَعْدٍ And in his kitab Al-Anwar Al-Kashifah he says, وَالْتَوْثِيقِ الْعَجْلِي وَجَدْتُهُ بِالْإِسْتِقْرَاءِ كَالْتَوْثِيقِ بْنِ حِبَّانٍ أَوْ أَوْسَعَ So he's like the tawthiq of Ibn Hibban or probably even, even bigger. Mm. So that weakens uh, that also again it goes against the athar that we mentioned from his advice to Suwayd yeah. ibn Ghafala. When he said to Ya Aba Umayyah, Inni la adiri la'ali alqaaka ba'da aami hadha, fasma' wa ati' wa in umira alayka abdun habashiyun mujadda'un wa in daraba bahraka fasbir wa in haramaka fasbir wa in arada amran yantakistu deenaka fakul sam'un wa ta'a wa damiduna deeni fala tufariq al-jama'a. Also, it goes against the evidences which were mutawatir yeah. that command us to be patient upon the oppressive Muslim leader. And the fourth response is that it is also mukhalifun li ijma'i ahli sunnati وَمُعْتَقَدِهِمْ It goes against the ijma' of Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah and the belief that has been mentioned in the books of Aqeedah. Okay, the next one I have for you is that Ahmad ibn Nasr al-Khuzai from the Imams, uh, he was from the Imams who rebelled against Al-Wathiq because he was an innovator. And Ahmad ibn Hanbal, Imam Ahmad praised him by saying he sacrificed his soul for Allah's path. 
So this is saying it shows that it's permissible to do a khuruj on an oppressive Muslim leader or an innovator. Uh, so this, first of all, we say that uh, there's a few ways of responding to it. The first one is that it hasn't been transmitted that the death or the reason why he was killed, this great Imam, Ahmed ibn Nasr al-Khuza'i, it was because of khuruj. And Ibn Khatib al-Baghdadi mentions in his tarikh from the tariqa of Muhammad ibn Yahya al-Suli. Okay? And he mentions the story. And in that chain, Khatib al-Baghdadi was one. In the chain is Muhammad ibn Yahya al-Suli. And he never met Ahmed ibn Nasr al-Khuza'i. Because Ahmed ibn Nasr al-Khuza'i, he died in year 231 Hijriah. And al-Suli passed away, what? 336 Hijriah. So between their death is more than what? 800 years. Yeah. And there's no mentioning in the tarjama of Muhammad ibn Yahya al-Suli that he lived for a very long time. Rather, what is mentioned in his biography is that he narrated from Abu Dawood. This is considered from the student of um, uh, al-Imam Ahmad Nasr al-Khuza'i. Okay? Because Abu Dawood is considered to be like a student of al-Imam al-Bukhari, right? And Bukhari is considered to be a student of who? The tabak of al-Imam Ahmad, right? The third, second way of responding to this is that uh, this goes against the ijma' of Ahl Sunnah. Because Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, they made ijma' that you're not allowed to go against oppressive Muslim leader. And they also mentioned tabdi' of the one who does go against oppressive Muslim leader. And from the people who transmitted a ijma' that the person is a mubtadi' who goes against an oppressive Muslim leader is none other than who? Al Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal. So it's very far-fetched Ahmad will praise someone for something he transmits an ijma' for, not only does he just transmit an ijma', but he also transmits yani, that that person is a mubtadiyah for going against the oppressive Muslim leader. Also, that which uh, it seems like mm. that uh, Ahmad ibn Nasr al-Khuza'i was actually killed for was his patience on, on the issue of the Qur'an being the speech of Allah wa ta'ala and that he wasn't created. And that is why the, the scholars praised him for. And Imam al-Dhahabi, he mentions, he says, قَالَ بِلُ الْجُلَيْدِ Ibn al-Junaid said, سَمِعْتُ يَحْيَ بْنَ مَعِينٍ I heard Yahya ibn Ma'inin يَتَرَحَّمُ عَلَيْهِ Saying, Allah, Oh Allah, have rahma on Ahmad ibn Nasr al-Khuza'i. خَتَمَ اللَّهُ لَهُ بِالشَّهَادَةِ Allah ta'ala ended his life based, based on shahada. He died upon shahada. وَقَالَ الْمَرُوذِيُّ مَرُوذِيُّ He said, سَمِعْتُ أَحْمَدَ ibn حَبَّلٍ saying about Ahmad Nasr لَقَدْ جَادَ بِنَفْسِهِ sacrificed his life يعني he sacrificed his life here what it seems like is that because of the issue of خلق القرآن the people being tested he wasn't the only person who was killed يعني great other imams Abu Yaqub al-Bwaiti was killed Ibn Nuh was killed يعني other people were murdered and killed by the leader because of this issue of the خلق القرآن and everyone knows the issue of خلق القرآن was being tested on the people it wasn't that the ulama were hiding they were willing to be silent Mm, but yeah. they were being tested. They were like, no, 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 come forward. What do you believe regarding this? Okay. Also, what we also have to remember is that Ahmed Nasr al-Khuza'i, if he did do khuruj, he's not a proof in and within himself. Remember we said that the ijma' precedes him. The ijma' before him. After the fitna of Ibn Ash'ad, ijma' came and that the statement of a great imam like this and other than him cannot be used as a proof. Can't say, Ahmed Nasr al-Khuza'i said, so because of it is a, uh, it's a, a, a proof. Okay, uh, and Allah knows best, Subhanahu wa Taala. Okay, uh, do you believe that the uh, Muhammad ibn Saud and Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab rebelled against the Ottoman Empire? 
Uh, can I just go back to one thing that I just remembered about Ahmad ibn Nasr al-Khuzai? Okay. Uh, Abil Abbas ibn Sa'din, as Imam al-Khattib al-Baghdadi mentions uh, in his tarikh, he mentions that the fifth volume, page 177, that Abil Abbas ibn Sa'id, he said, Four people were patient upon the mihna, يعني the issue of Khalq al-Quran. Ahmad ibn Hanbalin, Abu Abdullah, Ahmad ibn Nasr ibn Malik al-Khuzai, Muhammad ibn Nuhin, ابن ميمون المضروب ونعيم ابن محمد الخزاعي وقد مات في السجن مقيدا فأما فأما أحمد بن نصرين فضربت عنقه his neck was stricken وهذه نسقة يعني يعني this shows that the issue of the death of أحمد بن نصر الخزاعي was mainly because of the fact that he was what patient upon the issue of خلق القرآن that's what he mentions. He doesn't mention that it was a kharij ala sultan. He wasn't. He doesn't mention that in the narrations. Wallahu hmm. alam. Sorry. Muhammad ibn Muhammad ibn Saud and Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab did they rebel against the Ottoman Empire? So again, this is again the these people are not the Prophet والسلام, They are not a proof in and within themselves. So that's important that we understand. We believe that Allah ilaha illallah, wa shadu anna Muhammad rasulullah. The Prophet is the one ta'atu fi ma'amar wajtinabu ma'naha anhu wa zajar wa an la yu'bad Allahu illa bima shara'ah Complete and utter obedience is for the Prophet alayhi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam If Ibn Abdul Wahab, Ibn Taymiyyah, Ibn Al-Qayyim Anyone goes against an oppressive Muslim leader doesn't make it a proof It's not a proof that you brought to the table The proof is in the Quran and the mm-hmm. Sunnah and the Ijma' yeah. And that stands here, okay But let's respond to this issue Um I already mentioned before, if you recall properly, that Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, he's from the scholars who transmitted an ijma' of not going against an oppressive Muslim leader. And that's something that's present in his aqidah. If you go to a risala known as Risalatu Li Ahli Al Qasim, it's called. He said, Abdul Wahab mentions in there, Muhammad Abdul Wahab, ibn Abdul Wahab, he mentions his aqidah. He says, Wa I see wujuba sab'i wa ta'ati li a'imati muslimina barrihim wa fajirim. I see that it's obligatory to obey. The leader, the Muslim leaders, whether they are righteous or whether they are transgressors. Mm. As long as they don't command the people to do what? Sins. Sins. And anyone who takes khilafah, and the people come together for him, and they are pleased with him. And he takes over them with his sword And he becomes the leader His leader his, The obedience is obligatory for him And it's haram to do khuruj on him He also said In his usul al-sunnah He said Al-asr حبشياً فبين الله هذا بياناً شافياً كافياً بوجوه من أنواع البيان شرعاً وقدرا ثم صار هذا الأصل لا يعرف عند أكثر من من يدعي العلم فكيف العمل به؟ so he says this in his أصول الستة and is also mentioned in his الدرر السنية في الأجوبة النجدية the first volume page one hundred seventy three where he affirms this creed so that's the first response إن شاء الله تعالى the second response is that um you can't say someone done a khuruj if he's not under that leader. Mm. Which we spoke about before. Okay. About um, and this is the reality that Dawla Uthmaniyyah, Muhammad Abdul Wahab and Muhammad Ibn Saud, both of them were not under it. We want to know, prove it. 
عزيز بن باز هي سد لم يخرج شيخ محمد بن عبد الوهاب على الدولة الخلافة العثمانية فيما أعلم وأعتقد ابن عبد ابن باز هي سد عبد العزيز بن باز هي سد ابن عبد الوهاب did not go against the Ottoman Empire فيما أعلم according to my knowledge and I believe فلم يكن في نجد رئاسة ولا إمارة لأتراك they didn't have a leadership and they didn't have يعني anything in نجد بل كانت نجد إمارات صغيرة وقرى متناثرة Najd was run by tribal leaders. Mm. Everybody had their little place. وعلى كل بلدة أو قرية مهما صورت أمير مستقل. Every poor part, they had their own leader, however small they were. It didn't matter. وهي إمارات بينها قتال وحروب ومشاجرات. And between them there were fights and يعني quarrels. And والشيخ محمد بن عبد الوهاب لم يخرج على دولة الخلافة وإنما خرج على أوضاع فاسدة في بلده. ابن عبد الوهاب he did خروج on people's what? people's wrongdoings and crimes he got out on them and that فجاهد في الله حق جهاده he fought in the sake of Allah for that وصابر وثابر and he was patient because of it حتى امتد نور هذه دعوة إلى البلاد الأخرى until توحيد spread in that land and he also spread elsewhere and this is inshallah ta'ala something I want to go on discuss more and I want to speak about if Allah allows me in the future which is the difference between Muhammad Abdul Wahab and Ibn Taymiyyah is not different they're both the same the only difference is that Ibn Abdul Wahab was able to execute the things. A lot of the people who have things against Muhammad Abdul Wahab, inshallah ta'ala, I'm going to spend quality time talking about it and I'm going to do a lot of series about it. Or even maybe a hot, hot seat podcast once if we, if Allah gives us the chance, which is the problem with Ibn Abdul Wahab, we have to divide it into two. Is it ta'seel? Do you have theoretical problems with him? Are you indifference with him in terms of aqidah? Okay, that makes sense. And those people are either or liberals or things like that the second group of people who have things against Muhammad Abdul Wahab are people who have a problem with him in terms of application mm. they don't have issues with him in Aqeedah they believe Tawheed they believe in Shirk they believe in يعني, all of the يعني, things that he mentions in Kitab Tawheed but they differ with him in his application those people inshallah ta'ala, we can talk to them about the historical events and how it took place okay and the eyewitnesses that were there okay we're not going to be using people who weren't there who who are secondary resources uh, sources? We're not going to be talking about people who are, yeah, and were informed about what was taking place. We'll, we'll go to the yeah, I mean, primary sources, and I won't go into that now because that wasn't the question we're doing. We're speaking about khuruj. Yeah, but in essence, the first group they would disagree with Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab based on his aqidah as well as Ibn Taymiyyah, and the second group say we like Ibn Taymiyyah, we agree with him, but Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab we disagree with him because of the application. It's just that uh, he had they, the ability yeah, to execute was a, his yeah. beliefs, and Ibn Taymiyyah didn't. But there was yeah. really no difference between the two. Uh, you know, that's the truth. That's the work there. Okay. Uh, also, what proves that Najd al Yamama in general and Dawla al Saud, uh, which was in Dir'iya specifically, was not under the Ottoman Empire, is what Dr. Salah al Ubud mentions as well. He said, "Lam tashhad Najdun al al Umumi nufud li Dawla al Uthmania fi mamtad ilayha Sultanuha, wa la ata ilayha ulat Uthmaniyun." ولا جابت خلال ديارها حامية تركية في الزمان الذي سبق ظهور دعوة شيخ محمد عبد الوهاب ومما يدل على هذه الحقيقة التاريخية استقراء تقسيمات الدولة العثمانية الإدارية فمن خلال رسالة تركية عنوانها قوانين آل عثمان مضامين دفتر الديوان يعني قوانين آل عثمان في فيما يتضمنه دفتر الديوان ألفها يبان علي أفندي الذي كان أمينا لدفتر الخاقاني سنة and he mentioned the year 1018 هجرية 
and uh, which was in line with the Gregorian calendar, which it was sixteen oh nine. Okay. الرساله, this letter, which is an official letter on their side. يتبين it mentions أنه منذ أوائل القرن الحادي عشر الهجري كانت دولة آل عثمان تنقسم إلى ثنتين وثلاثين إيالة منها أربعة عشر إيالة عربية وبلاد نجد ليست منها ما عدا الإحساء إن اعتبرناه اعتبرناه من نجد ويلوك at their own documentation that they state and they mention the places that the Ottoman Empire was controlling they don't mention in their نجد they mention in their الإحساء if we consider Ihsa to be from Nijd, which is, which is not the case. Okay? So the Ottoman Empire didn't want that desert. Why would he want to go to that desert and be there? There was nothing there. There wasn't oil. There was nothing to, to, be, to be there for. Um, so we have Muhammad Abdul Habs works, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, that which he mentions in his kitab, also Masail Jahiliyyah, Alati Khalaf Fi Rasulullah, Rasulullah Sallallahu Jahiliyyah. He doesn't mention all of that. So, um, and historically, there's no Ottoman Empire, which he did Khuruj on. Okay, the next thing I want to go into is something that we actually discussed previously, but since we actually brought it forward, but I've got it in my notes here. Let's mention it again, see if there's anything else you want to add. But it's important that the viewers go to the full discussion that we had previously. Obviously, now it's going to be much more summarized. And that is, can there be an ijma' that forms after an initial khilaf, especially if that khilaf took place at the time of the Salaf? So, yeah, this issue we spoke about is the shubha that they tried to bring. Um, scholars have actually mentioned and stated Rahimahumullah An ijma' For the issue of Khuruj uh, Of the Khuruj uh, Upon the oppressive Muslim leader That is not allowed And as I mentioned to you That this ijma' Is between two what? Sorry this khilaf that, they've, that, that we see Is between two ijma's The ijma' of the Sahaba And the ijma' of the The tab uh, That's about After it There's an ijma' that happened And also uh, the ijma' of the sahabas Hab, Let's just say for the sake of argument That there wasn't uh, any ijma' At the time of the sahabas And there was only khilaf And then there came an ijma' Okay According to the strongest opinion Or even the view that The early imams of al-Islam had From the salaf Was that an ijma' can take place And it is considered an ijma' Even if there is a khilaf Before it Okay The second response I want to give Is that um, if we do say that Okay you know what You take that opinion That there can't be an ijma' After a khilaf We will say to you This particular surah This particular mas'ala The ones you're using Who you and you use argument You might use They believe They're from the people Who transmits this ijma' For example Sheikh ibn Uthaymin Rahimahullah ta'ala He believes That there is an ijma' In the mas'ala Of dun khuruj Al al-hakimi Al-fasiq and he doesn't believe that this surah can be used as in that argument. Mm. I already responded to the mistake of Abu Ya'la when he attributed this to a riwayah of Imam Muhammad. Yeah. And the first person who didn't agree with him, his own student, Abu Al-Khattab. And he's, even if you go to the kitab, uh, Rawdatul Nadir ibn Qudama, he doesn't take Abu Ya'la's uh, attribution of uh, this to Imam Muhammad. And these are great scholars of the madhab. Ibn Qudama is min a'immati al-madhab. He has a big sharah on the kitab Mukhtasar al-Khiraqi, which he called Al-Mughni. So uh, this view of being attributed to Ahmed, it doesn't exist. So if Ahmed never said this, Wala Shafi'i never said this, Wala Malik didn't say this, Wala Abu Hanifa did not say this. The Salaf al-Salih, they did not say this. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. And late mutaakhirin usuliyin mentioned this. We'll say la yu'awwalu alayhi. We won't look at this qa'idah that they brought, that they mentioned. Uh, now, And even if we do, we will say that this surah doesn't fall under it because this, has, this type is the ijma' which is qat'i from, and it's the ijma' from two perspectives. It's not just mm-hmm. one. Yeah. It's an ijma' from the issue of not going against the oppressive Muslim leader and an ijma' on the issue of uh, if there's an evil that will come from uh, something greater than the current evil that's there, then you're not allowed to repel the evil with a greater evil. Yep. And that's the ijma' itself. There is, uh, there is uh, these statements that we mentioned earlier, Sheikh uh, Rissam ibn Taymiyyah ibn Hajar as well, when he said about Al-Hasan ibn Salih, istakarra al-amr, like the matter became settled. Does this, someone might ask, this suggest that they don't believe the ijma' of the companions, they believe that there was a khilaf, and then the ijma' came? No, they're just saying that there was an ijma' It doesn't. It's just that the khilaf that came, of course it changed. The issue wasn't istiqrar, it wasn't firm. Yeah. But then after the fitna of Ibn Ash'ath, Istaqarra al-amru mean the matter became solidified And that was the only view that was taken And this is something I want inshallah ta'ala people to understand Why is it that all of the kutub al-i'tiqad dismissed this other view And only stuck to one view hmm. The reason is because that view is invalid That view was invalid They yeah. saw it to be wrong As important Also another thing is that the Prophet told us والسلام, He said لا تزال طائفة من أمتي ظاهرين على الحق لا يضر من خذلهم ولا من خالفهم حتى يأتي أمر الله على ذلك That there's always going to be a people who are going to be holding Are you there? Yeah uh, Onto the uh, truth mm-hmm. There's always going to be a ta'i For holding onto the truth So why is it happened That from the time of Ibn al-Ash'ath onwards After that Everybody who wrote Kitab in Aqidah Documented the issue in Aqidah They dismissed this view And this view literally perished It went yeah, yeah. Until Ibn Hazmin comes mm. Why did it die for that short period of time? Did you see my point? Yeah, yeah, I totally get it. All that time, all that time, this opinion was not there. The fact that it is permissible to do khuruj. And if this opinion was not there and the Prophet said there's always going to be a group upon the truth, it means it couldn't be the truth. I know. And Ibn Hazmin, he's, he's an individual that the scholars, rahimahullah, they, jalalati wa imamati, with his knowledge and his understanding of the religion and how powerful his knowledge was, la shak, he was. With that being said, like he had shawad, many strange things that he came with, many strange things. That he came with From them is His criticism On Imam Tirmidhi mm. And considering that Tirmidhi is an unknown person For example And the scholars They said that This is not a criticism To Tirmidhi Rather it's a criticism To you that you don't Even know who Tirmidhi is So you can imagine This is There's a lot of issues Shawad mm. uh, That he came with For example He weakens the hadith Of hadith al-iftiraq Imam Ibn Hazmin and He permits music and Weakening hadith In Sahih al-Bukhari And Iraqi had to even say uh, uh, that don't even give any consideration don't give consideration to what Ibn Hazmin says so he's no way the same caliber of Ibn Taymiyyah or someone who's grounded himself in learning Madhab al-Salaf and Qutb al-Hadith and etc Okay, the next one I have for you is that rebellion, khuruj, is not called khuruj unless it is with a sword. This again as well, it's so that from, from there they want to take the, the, the issue of mudaharat, for example. It's, you know, it's, it's just, what we say first of all, it's not mudaharat, it's muharram. We already mentioned it, right? And that's the bare minimum that can actually be said about Mudaharat uh, And the person who does Mudaharat to the leader On the grounds that he believes he's a kafir Now that's a khariji, right? 
And the one who believes is getting close to Allah, he's a mubtadi. Yeah, yeah. The one who the, the one who goes against the, uh, yani against against it, believing that you're allowed to go against an inner, uh, yani oppressive Muslim leader. He's a mubtadi. He believes he should drop. He should yeah. go. He's an oppressive leader, but he's Muslim. He's a what? And anyone who's going against it for worldly reasons, now he's a mufsidun fil ardi. So that's the levels of the people who do mudaharat. If we look into it in that in that way, okay. Also, somebody can actually be a khariji without having sheets his sword. He can be still khariji just by believing the belief of the khawarij. Okay. Even if you don't do khuruj, we all know about the khawarij al qadiya uh, who just and he sit back and they yeah. believe it, okay, and. Speech already we mentioned about the leader is haram. You're not allowed to. And we mentioned the statement of uh, Abdullah ibn Ukaymin when he said, mm-hmm. From this day onwards, today I'm not going to aid in the uh, blood of the uh, Khalifa after Uthman. And they said to him, Did you aid in the blood of Uthman? Then he responded saying, uh, 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 I consider mentioning his faults Aiding in his blood Ibn Sa'ad mentions this in his kitab In his tabaqat So this shows you that the, just speaking He's considering it to be what? He's saying that just by speaking Without even me shedding يعني, Going out there and taking my sword Just by speaking I believe That I am helping in his blood So it's dangerous on that point then, we're talking about speaking. I want to go to the incident of Dhul Khuwaisara. If you believe that speaking against the ruler, and obviously the ruler at that time was the Prophet wasallam, can speaking out against the ruler make someone a khariji? So this hadith that you mentioned, that the Prophet wasallam, he said, a man came to the Prophet wasallam whilst the Prophet was given the يعني, spoils of war, uh, and his name was Khudu Khuwaisara. And he was a man from you know the people of Bani Tamim. And he said, Ya Rasulullah, i'adil. The Prophet then said, Wailak. Who's going to be just if I'm not just? The Prophet said, Qad khibta wa khasirta illam akun a'adilu. And you're destroyed and you are in a state of loss if I am not just. Then Umar said, Ya Rasulullah, i'adil, O Messenger of Allah, allow me to slice the neck of this man. Then the Prophet responded to him. He said to him, Da'hu, leave him. فَإِنَّ لَهُ أَصْحَابًا This man's got followers. يَحْقِرُ أَحَدُكُمْ صَلَاتَهُ مَعَ صَلَاتِهِمْ You, one of you guys will belittle your prayer when you look at his prayer. وَصِيَامَهُ مَعَ صِيَامِهِمْ And you belittle your fasting in comparison to his fasting. يَقْرَؤُونَ الْقُرْآنَ They read the Qur'an. لَا يُجَاوِزُ تَرَاقِيَهُمْ It doesn't pass their collarbone. يَمْرُقُونَ مِنَ الْإِسْلَامِ They exit Islam. كَمَا Ibn Taymiyyah used this hadith, rahimahullah ta'ala. And he used this to say that this is the first khariji, Dhul Khuwaisirah. Shaykh al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah, he said, in his Majmu'u al-Fatawa, the 28th volume, he said, when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, innama dhakara al-khawarij al-haruriyyata li'annahum awwalu sinfin min ahli al-bid'i bid'i kharaju ba'dahu. Bal awwaluhum kharaja fi hayatihi. This is the part that I want. The first khariji went against who? The Prophet, the Prophet ﷺ. Now I want you to understand. The Prophet said, Ibn Taymiyyah saying, بَلْ أَوَّلُهُمْ خَرَجَ فِي حَيَاتِهِ The first one came out at the time of the Prophet ﷺ. Then the first khawarij came out. But did, what did, did uh, uh, Dhul Khuwaisirah, uh, Tamimi, did he take a sword? 
No, but he also didn't make takfir based on sins. That's not that's not only what he makes you a khari. Do you remember the beginning of the khari were different from the, the ones after it became I'm going to mention to you the statement of Faqihu Zaman, Al-Allama Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaymin. And if you want to critique Ibn Uthaymin, you want to say something about him, it's totally up to you. You're going to stand in front of Allah on the day what you say about this great scholar. He said, وَهَذَا أَكْبَرُ دَلِيلٍ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ الْخُرُوجَ عَلَىٰ الْإِمَامِ يَكُونُ بِالسَّيْفِ This is the strongest evidence to show that the khuruj on the Muslim leader can be by the sword. Okay, وَيَكُونُ It can also be by what? بِالْقَوْلِ وَالْكَلَامِ By speech and statement. يَعْنِي هَذَا مَا أَخَذَ السَّيْفَ this one he didn't take the sword. Ala Rasuli to the Prophet. So he didn't do that. What did he do? ankara. But rather what he did was he ankara alayhi. He rejected what the Prophet he rejected what the Prophet was doing. Salawatullahi This is important. I want you to understand. He is saying Ibn Uthaymin rahimahullah ta'ala. All this is what he did. And Ibn Uthaymin went on to say, وَمَا يُوجَدُ فِي بَعْضِ كُتُبِ أَسْهَلِ السُنَّةِ And that which is found in some of the books of Ahlul Sunnah. يعني أن الخوارج هذا الخوارج they do خروج على الإمام that they do خروج the leader by the sword what they mean by this is that يعني الخروج النهائي this is the final form of the خروج but the beginning is what the beginning is the speech yeah. and then later it becomes the final one is the sword Ibn Uthaymi is talking I'm not it's not me this by the way Ibn Uthaymi said الزنا يكون بالعين the zina can be with the eye ويكون بالأذن it can be with the ear وَيَكُونُ بِالْيَدِ It can be with the hand, right? يَكُونُ بِالْرِجْلِ It can be with the legs. لَكِنَّ الزِّنَ الْأَعْرَمِ is which one? الَّذِي هُوَ الَّذِي هُوَ الزِّنَ الْحَقِيقِيُّ هُوَ الزِّنَ الْفَرْجِ It's when the private part does it. That's why the Prophet ﷺ, he said وَالْفَرْجُ يُصَدِّقُ ذَلِكَ أَوْ يُكَذِّبُ Then he says رَحِمَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى رَحْمَةً وَاسِعَةً ونحن نعلم علم اليقين we know by knowledge certain knowledge certainty بمقتضى طبيعة الحال أنه لا يمكن الخروج بالسلطان إلا وقد سبقه خروج باللسان والقول no one's gonna go and just sheath the sword and go out to the leader and fight with him with the sword unless they've done what spoken out against spoken against him for a bit yeah and then he goes into the issue of that the statement is a means to what the major خروج and he mentions this rahimahullah ta'ala in his explanation on the great book of Shawkani known as Raf'u al-Asatin fi hukm al-Itisari bil-Salatin. Now inshaAllah ta'ala I want to mention Shaykh Salih al-Fawzan hafizahullah who's still alive fi qaydi al-Hayat when he was explaining his kitab al-Safariniya he says al-Khuruj ala al-Aymati yakunu bil-Sayfi wa hadha ashaddu al-Khuruj it can be by the sword and that's the greatest form that's the what? greatest form wa yakunu bil-Kalam Fawzan he says and it can also be by speech بسبهم وشتمهم by insulting them the name calling them والكلام فيهم في المجالس وعلى المنابر and speaking about them on the pulpits and on the your gatherings until he said فالكلام خروج he said رحمه الله تعالى so he's not the only one I already mentioned the statement of Abdullah ibn Uqaymin and what he said لاوعين على دمي uh, Uthman I will never help, help anyone In the blood of who? Uthman yeah. And The Khawarij al-Qa'adiyah Who didn't even do Khuruj What were they doing? If you look at a statement That was mentioned By uh, Ibn al-Qayyim Ibn al-Hajar Sorry In his kitab Hadjus Sari 
page 483 when he was counting the, the types of firaqul khawarij he said well qa'diyah the qa'diyah who are a type of khawarij which they don't they don't go out and do khuruj okay what do they do alladhina yuzayyinuna al khuruja they beautify khuruj by speech ala al a'immati wa la yubashiruna dhalik but they don't physically do it rather i'll give you a clear example al hasan ibn salih ibn hay has he ever done khuruj to anyone he actually didn't do it it's actually transmitted by khallan in kitab al sunnah page 94 from yahya ibn adam that he said ha huna qaumun yantahiluna qawl al hasan ibn salih قد هلكوا they are destroyed وسمعت آيهاد الحسن بن صالح سين لا أخرج وإمام قائم I'm never going to go against when there is an imam ولا أخرج إلا في فرقة and I'm only going to do خروج when there is disunity ولا أخرج إلا في جند يوازي عدوي and I'm only going to do خروج okay with an army that is equal to my enemy لا ألقي بيدي إلى التهلوك I'm never going to throw myself into destruction ولا أخرج and I'm also not going to do خروج he said wala akhruj i'm not going to do khuruj uh who's saying this al-hasan he gave conditions one after the mm-hmm. that's what i'm going to do khuruj in other words al-hasan bin salih shurut of khuruj is actually stronger than a lot of these people ma dalika ahli al-ilm they considered him to be what from the from the mubtadi'ah they considered him to be from the mubtadi'ah then because he believed in khuruj by statement he was saying it he was beautifying it to the people so what i mean is that yes of course it can be so of course these noble scholars that live in our time and Sheikh Nathaymin obviously a recent scholar as well Rahimahullah Okay fine um, Last question I have on that is the Prophet Sallallahu said along the lines of if I was to be around the time if I was to meet his lineage I would kill them If he said that then why didn't he kill Dhul Khuwais then? So the Prophet Sallallahu did mention that If I meet them The Prophet said that I'll kill them like the people of Ad mm. And we know in the Quran Allah how he spoke about the people of Ad He said Do you see any remaining of the people of Ad I would annihilate them I would nuke them off the face of this earth That's what the Prophet is trying to say And the Khawarij are the type of people That you fight them You don't take contracts with them uh, you don't take contracts with them And you don't take them as spoils of war You kill them, it's an ideology you fight Okay The Prophet said Every time a, a group come out Until the last of them will be with Dajjal mm-hmm. Now what I want you to understand here is That The Prophet said, said that so It's established from him authentically yeah. Here on the other side he's saying Why did he choose not to kill him The reason why the Prophet chose not to kill him He said uh, because the people يتحدثون أن محمد يقتل أصحابه that the people will say that Muhammad is killing his what his own followers. Yeah. يعني if if the Prophet ﷺ turned around and he killed Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salala and he went and he killed what do you call it Dhul Khuaysira and Tamimi and he killed all of these people the Prophet was looking at the bigger picture what are the people going to say they're not going to be like oh he's these people were were. Uh, hypocrites No It's just that Muhammad felt like Killing his own followers It actually mentions the reason In the narration He gave it himself Okay um, Next thing I want to mention Which is actually a hadith Also another thing That scholars took from it Is that The Khawarij If they believe What they believe They don't go out And do physically anything Okay They're not killed Which is another hikmah That scholars mention Because some of the scholars They mentioned the narration That Muhammad Does not He's not going to kill His uh, Um uh, his own followers he was, Some scholars They mentioned That narration is specific To Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salal mm. Abdullah ibn Abdullah ibn Ubay now, he's not, uh, The Prophet Is going to kill, not kill him Muhammad kills his own followers 
What we say is the reason why the Prophet or whatever the case may be, the reason why the Prophet didn't want to kill him is the same as the Munafiqeen. That's one. Number two is that uh, the Khawarij are not fought unless they are what? Unless they are acting upon their belief. They just okay. believe it and they're just uh, nobody will touch them. They can still be Khawarij, but we. Uh, yeah. That's the strongest opinion. In the masjid, while he was doing khutbah, while he's standing on the pulpit, they would say to him, La hukma illa lillah. La hukma illa in the masjid kufa. And then the Prophet Ali would be saying, Kalima tu haqqil urida biha batilun. And they will stand up after him and scream and shout. Are you there? Yeah. And he didn't fight them. Until they done what? Until they went to Harula, they cut off from the people, they made themselves followers, and they then they went against him. That's when Ali Abi Talib fought them. So Nabi Muhammad is not going to fight somebody who's just keeping his, his view to himself. Mm. Okay. The next one is also something that I brought up before. So naturally, things have been brought up before in the discussion, but I also have them in my notes here, and let's cover it, inshallah. Uh, the hadith, Man malihi shaheed. How do we understand this? Because is this not applied to fighting with the rulers as well? And I think we discussed it before, but if you have anything more to add, you can add it here, inshallah. Uh, sorry, the, the English translation, whoever dies while defending his property is a martyr. Okay. Uh, Ibn, Ibn al-Mundir, I mentioned the statement that he said, Rahimahullah ta'ala, that the scholars are unanimously in agreement. Yeah. That it's not permissible for you to do what? Uh, uh, and the scholars are unanimously in agreement, sorry, that this hadith, man qutila duna marihi, does not apply on the leader. It's an exception for the ruler here. Uh, naam. The rule is an exception in this issue. And there's two issues. One is the statement of Ibn Sirin that Abdul Razak ibn Hamam Sanani mentions. And the statement of Ibn al-Mundir, he transmits it ijma'ah. He said, That which the people of knowledge are upon. That he's allowed to defend himself in that which has been mentioned. If someone wants to oppress you and wrong you, you are given the rights to go, you have the rights to go and defend yourself. But the scholars of hadith that knowledge has been taken from They mentioned that the leader is an exception And they use what evidences? The evidence is that command us to be patient upon his transgression And leaving of standing against him Ibn Mundir says that in his Al-Sharaf uh, and Ibn Hajar transmits it in his Fathul Bari, the fifth volume, page 124. Ibn Battal also transmits it in his Sharh al-Sahih bukhari the sixth volume, page 608. Now, I'm mentioning two great scholars. Ibn Battal transmits and affirms it. Ibn Hajar transmits it and affirms it, that this ijma' exists. So these are three great scholars that are uh, that are there, inshallah. Ta'ala. Yeah, the other side uses hadith quite a lot, but maybe they weren't previously aware of the ijma', but now they are, inshallah. Okay, uh, next one again is an issue we've discussed before. Is a hadith narrated by Ibn Habban on the authority of Ubad ibn Samid. So you obviously have a hadith on your side that you say that we are not allowed to rebel against a Muslim ruler or against an oppressive ruler unless we see kufran bawakhan, clear kufr. They say that there's another hadith, another narration with the wording, and again, this is something we covered before, uh, which means that unless we see a clear sin from him and therefore oppression and fisk and everything now becomes something we can do khuruj on. So I really responded to this hadith, hadith Ibn Hibban. And it's funny because if they take this hadith, alhamdulillah, it actually makes the hadith in hadith al-Imam uh, muslim in Sahih in which they rejected because of the, the disconnection that they mentioned, that Dar Qutni and Nawi mentioned, 
then that means this hadith would be used as a يعني, uh, shahid for it. And Ibn Hajj al-Haythami, was it? Was it Nawawi? No, I'm talking about hadith in Dharab al-Ahraq wa akhada barak. Hadith sahih Muslim. Mm. Wa akhada barak. Yeah. We would strengthen it with hadith Ubaid ibn Samit here. Because they, they said it's authentic. The other party have admitted this hadith is sahih. Ibn Hibban narrated. This one, ma'asiyatun lillah. Uh, but before that, what does it say? Illa antukul ma'asiyatun lillah. What's before it? Ubaidah, he said, Qultu labayka. The Prophet said, Ya Ubaidah. Oh, Ubaidah. The Ubaidah said, Labayka. The Prophet said, Isma' wa ati' fi usrika wa yusrika wa manshatika wa makrahika wa atharatin alayka wa in akalu malaka wa daraba dhaharak illa antukul ma'asiyatun lillah. So if the other party accept this hadith, alhamdulillah, I like it because of two things. Number four, one is that in it, it mentions that the, your wealth is taken and your, he, he beats he lashes your, your, your back. I would use the hadith as a, to, even if you weaken Muslim, no problem. We'll just use this one, this part from it. <laughs> Second thing is that this hadith has two meanings. I already mentioned it. The yeah. first one is leaving off obeying the Imam the time when he's commanding you to do that, which is a sin. That's what the hadith shows. Because the other riwayah of Imam Muhammad is clear in that matter. Where it says مَا لَمْ يَأْمُرُوا بِإِثْمٍ بَوَاحًا As long as he doesn't command you what? Yeah. A clear-cut sin. Yeah, so bring all the rewards together. That's, what, that's talking about something different. Yeah, and we already mentioned Of course you don't obey the leader in obedience or disobedience of Allah. Yeah. That is enough for me to respond. I can, that's it. Khalas, I can stop there. But I'm going to add a second meaning to it, inshallah ta'ala. Which is that this issue, we have to distinguish between the chapter of Al-Amr bil-Ma'roof وَالنَّهِيَ عَنِ الْمُكَرِ Which is one thing. And the issue of al-khuruj al-hakim al-fasiq Going against the oppressive Muslim leader They're two different things And al-imam al-nawawi in the sharah of the hadith did that hmm. He distinguished between the issue of al-amr bil-ma'roof And the issue of what? Al-khuruj He says as, as for al-amr bil-ma'roof Ibn nawawi mentions Let me just read his kalam He okay. says Wal-muradu bil-kufri huna al-ma'asiyah ومعنى عندكم من الله في برهان من زواد أي تعلمونه من دين الله تعالى ومعنى الحديث لا تنازعوا ولاة الأمور في ولايتهم ولا تعترضوا عليهم إلا أن تروا منهم منكرا محققا تعلمونه من قواعد الإسلام فإذا رأيتم ذلك so don't go against the leaders don't huggle with them uh, in their ولاية and don't go against them unless you see what إلا أن تروا منكرا محققا unless you see a munkar which is known established that it's munkar how do you know it تعلمون من قواعد الإسلام you know it from the principles of Islam that this is a munkar فإذا رأيتم ذلك if you see this what do I do فأنكروا عليهم reject this from them وقولوا بالحق حيثما كنتم and say the truth wherever you are say the truth when you're with the leader, you tell him in his face. You say, Taqillah, what you're doing is wrong. If he's not with you, you speak about the matter without mentioning his name. Yeah. We already spoke about that, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah indeed. That's the Al-Amr Okay. Look what the Nawi says after that. وَأَمَّ الْخُرُوجُ As for khuruj, عَلَيْهِمْ Going and uprising and going against these oppressive leaders وَقِتَالُهُمْ فَحَرَامٌ بِإِجْمَاعِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ By unanimous agreement of the Muslims. وَإِن كَانُوا فَسَقَةً ظَالِمِينَ Even if they are what? Transgressive, oppressive leaders. So now we say, okay, the hadith is saying to you, Hadith Ubaid ibn Samit, that part where it says, it means when you see that, you gave him bay'ah, listen to him in the times of ease, times of hardship, be a good martyr, slave of Allah, obey your leader. But when you see sins from him, advise him, hmm. correct his mistake. Rectify this situation. Call to the good and prohibit the evil. But as for khuruj, la la la. As for fighting them, la. By unanimous agreement, you're not allowed to do that. That's what we said to you. 
So whichever of those two understandings that you take from the hadith, none of them support the person. Yeah. None of them what? Support the person. It doesn't support the person. What was the narration by Ibn Khab? And finally, Ibn I just Khabar. want to say a, third, a second point, which is that to say al-ma'asiyah is a kufr is madhabu al-khawarij, as it's well known. So I don't think, does he believe that kufr is a ma'asiyah? Because the hadith, remember, illa an tara kufran bawahan indakum min Allahi fi burhan. Are you saying bawaha kufran bawahan here? It means ma'asiyah. So in other words, no, I think they're saying it's very separate. They're saying if you see kufr, you can go against him. If you see ma'asiyah, you can go against him. They're two separate things. They're not saying it's the same thing. Okay. But the the hadith in Ibn Khibban, what was it in? Uh, what was the hadith again? Have you? What was the narration? Remind me. Hadith. Uh, the one Ubaid. we're just talking about now. You mentioned it before. Yes, hadith Ubaid ibn Sabit. Yes. Yeah. Where the Prophet ﷺ said to him, he said, "Ya Ubaid, oh Ubaid, he said, 'Labeka, I'm here to obey your messenger of Allah.' The Prophet isma wa ata, listen and obey. And after that." في عسرك at times of hardship ويسرك at times of ease ومنشاطك when you're enthusiastic ومكرهك when you dislike it وأثرت عليك when you see favoritism وإن أكلوا مالك even when you see his when he takes your wealth وضربوا ظهرك and he lashes your back إلا this is the time you don't listen to him إلا أن تكون معصية لله بواحة can it not be said that taking your wealth and beating your back is a sin yeah it is a sin so the Prophet said listen to him even if you yeah of course so why would he say even if he and then it's uh, right after that say unless it's a sin it doesn't right. make sense right. of contradiction right. yeah. and to bring bihaqqin in there like they tried to do again as well, evidence we already spoke yeah. okay um, where, am I, where am I now there's uh, yeah we've discussed that okay the next one is uh, the rulers are opposed and stood against due to their sin as the Prophet said there will be leaders you will recognize them and you will dislike them Whoever opposes them will be successful and whoever stays away from them will be safe and anyone who mixes them will be destroyed. So this hadith says, يكون أمراء تعرفون وتنكرون فمن نابذهم نجا ومن اعتزلهم سليما ومن خالطهم هلك. This hadith is ضعيف. Mm. You know, it's ضعيف. الشيخ الألباري weakened it رواية ودراية. He weakened it in terms of its chain and its authentication and the way it's been transmitted and it also weakened it in terms of what? Its meaning. So that's the first response. Also, it's a, this hadith is in opposition to the Adilla al-Mutawatira, the multitude narrations that we mentioned to be patient upon the oppressive Muslim leader as we mentioned previously. Also, it's in opposition to the Ijma'u Ahli Sunnati and the Aqeedah, what, what they mentioned in their Kutub al-Atiqad. Also, even if we say the hadith is Sahih, the part that they want to use from the hadith is فَمَنْ نَابَذَهُمْ hmm. They want to say that uh, the person who does munabada, yeah. uh, we say here means by speech. And it means ala which in shara'iyin. In a shara'i way, he goes and he corrects him. And Abdul Rauf al Manawi mentions that. Rahimahullah ta'ala in his kitab Fathul Fayyidul Qadir. He mentions it. The 39th page. He says, Sayyakun umara ta'rifuna. Ya'ani tarbona ba'da aqwalihim wa af'alihim. Likoni fil jumlati mashru'ah. Mashru'an. Watunkiruna, he says, ba'daha li kubhihi shara'an. Famanna bedahum. The one who does munabada of it, يعني dismisses it and tosses it and ignore, يعني يعني أي أنكره بلساني rejects it with his tongue. بما بما لا يوافق الشرع. When it's not in line with the Sharia, نجا that person will be saved from what من المنافق من النفاق والمداهنة. So here, فمن نابدهم here doesn't mean with the sword. It doesn't mean he rejects it with the sword. It means he rejects it with the tongue. That's if we accept its authenticity. Okay. Next one is the people of Medina sought an Islamic ruling from Imam Malik ibn Anas regarding the rebellion, regarding rebellion with an Nafsa Zakia, and Malik ruled that it is permissible. 
So the first response to this, inshallah ta'ala, is three responses. The first one is that this fatwa, Ibn Jarir al-Tabari mentions it in his tarikh. Okay. Ibn Jarir mentions it in his tarikh, the seventh volume, page 516. And what we say is that in the chain, there's a man by the name of Sa'ad ibn Abdul Hamid. Okay? okay. Sa'ad ibn Abdul Hamid, even though he's acceptable in hadith, there's also weakness in him. Okay, especially if he may narrate something that he's singular in and alone in. ولذلك ابن حبان said about him, كان ممن يرى كان ممن يروي المناكير عن المشاهير. He would mention narrations which are منكر from well-known scholars. وممن فحش وهمه حتى حسن التنكيب على الاحتجاج به. حافظ he said in his كتاب التخريب that he is صدوق. He's a truthful person. Like له أغاليط. He has many mistakes. Also, this man Sa'ad ibn Abdul Hamid narrates from who? He narrates from someone who's unknown. This is another point. The person is narrating from, he said, Akhbarani ghayr wahidin. Ghayr wahidin, who's? It's mature. We don't know who, we, who he's talking about here. So in terms of the chain, is not authentic. Also, if Imam Malik did, was in a position in the issue of Sihatu Bay'atil Mutagallib, if he was against the idea of a leader who came by force, he did believe that that bay'ah is batil, it doesn't exist. If Malik was to believe that, Aimatul Sunnah would have clarified that for us, right? And they would have mentioned it from his strange views that he holds. Especially when they are mentioning as mas'ala ijma'iyah. They would have clarified it for us. And the scholars that actually transmitted a ijma' that we still have to listen and obey a leader who took by ghalaba is none other than Ibn Abi Zayd al-Qayrawani who is called his name was, by the way, Malik al-Saghir, they used to call him. <laughs> and Ibn Battal al-Maliki, these are aimed of the madhab of Imam Malik. And we already mentioned it, that Kitab al-Risala, that Ibn Abi Zayd al-Qirawani, the part of Aqid at the beginning, he mentions that this is the view of who? Imam Malik. This is this view of Imam Malik, and I mentioned that before. Okay. Also, another response is that the reason why Malik was beaten, rahimahullah ta'ala, there are many views regarding it. Imam Malik, what was the cause of his hitting? Yani they they trying to say that he gave fatwa and Imam Malik to do khuruj upon uh, uh, the nafsi zakiyah. Uh, he gave that fatwa. And uh, because the bay'ah of it for Abi Ja'far al-Mansur, it was ikrah. And they mentioned that, uh, and because of that, Malik was beaten for it and he was punished because of it. The reason why Malik was beaten, by the way, is not a mas'ala ulama have agreed upon. Yani the reason why Malik was hidden. When he mentions the reason, he says, It was mentioned from him. He says, Look at what he mentioned at the beginning. He says, It was mentioned from him. Qadr-Iyad is not even 100% for it. So the reason why Malik was beaten is a matter which is not clear. There's many views. Rahimahullah. Rahmatan Okay, you'll be pleased to know this is the final question, the final statement of a scholar that I've got for you before we move on to something else, which are the hypothetical scenarios and going on to some of the statements that you've said before. So this is a scholar that I know you respect very much, Abdurrahman al-Mu'allimi. Rahimahullah ta'ala. It said in his book at Tenkil, Abu Hanifa used to obligate or recommend rebelling against the rulers of Bani Abbas after oppression became apparent from them 
and he saw fighting them to be better than fighting the kuffar. How do you reconcile this with this with your view? Al-Mu'allimi rahimahullah ta'ala, he mentioned this statement of his, يعني, I read it many years back from his kitab, Al-Tanqil bima fi ta'rib al-Khawthari min al-Abatil, يعني, the first volume, page 288. He says, كان أبو حنيفة يستحب أو يوجب الخروج على خلفاء بني العباس لما ظهر منهم من الظلم ويرى قتالهم خيرا من قتاليك الكفاري. وأبو إسحاق ينكر ذلك وكان أهل العلم مختلفين في ذلك فمن كان يرى الخروج يراه من الأمر بالمعروف عن المنكر والقيام بالحق ومن كان يكره يرى أنه شق لعصى المسلمين وتفريق لكلمتهم وتشتيت لجماعتهم وتمزيق لوحدتهم والشغل لهم بقتل بعضهم بعضا فتهن قوتهم وتقوى شوكة عدوهم وتتعطل ثغورهم فيستولي عليها عدوهم انتو هي سيز هذا والنصوص الذي التي يحتج بها البارعون من الخروج والمجيزون له معروفه والمحققون this is the part, yeah. part that really to be honest for me is more of a shubha than anything else yeah. he says والمحققون يجمعون بين ذلك بانه اذا غلب على الظن ان من ينشا عن الخروج من المفاسد اخف جدا مما يغلب على الظن انه ينفع به جاز الخروج والا فلا وهذا النظر قد يختلف فيه المجتهد yeah, and he brings it back to a mess that we mentioned before that the issue of khuruj goes back to the masalih and the mafasid. Abdurrahman Hanum Alimi is one of the most highly respected people to me after Sheikh Ulisan bin Taymiyyah from the Mutakhirin. I truly love him. But the response, inshallah ta'ala, to his issue is number one. The mas'ala to al khuruj ala al hakim al fasiq al zalim. He mentions that there's two views in it. And that is wrong. This mas'ala, ijma' ahlu sunnah wal jama'ah is there. Second response that I want to mention Because I mentioned 33 imams yeah. We'll say the sheikh did a mistake by saying this Number two He doesn't pay the ijma'ah By mentioning khilaf in the mas'ala I'm going to come to it Let me finish my points okay. The second is that Attributing the permissibility of khuruj To the muhaqqiqin of the people of knowledge And saying that the matter goes back to Looking at the masalih and the mafasid That's wrong That is actually wrong And I responded to this issue When I spoke about the issue of masalih and mafasid I spoke about it Also um, Why did he not mention Who are the muhaqqiqin That he's referring to So we can look at their situation Does he mean by the muhaqqiqin Ibn Hazmin mm. Is he referring to him Because if it is We responded to that So we know who he's referring to uh, That's important for us to know Or is he referring to the, Some of the imams of the Ahlul Sunnah that's, Or Another response is uh, it is not permissible for us to use the 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 the, 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 the statement of Muallimi when he said the issue of the evidences of al-amru bil-ma'roof wa nahi al-munkar to go against oppressing Muslim leader because those are general evidences and to be patient upon the oppression of the leader to be patient upon the oppression uh, oppression of the leader is what specific evidences and there are ijma on that masala also. Mu'allim is attributing it to who in here? Abu Hanifa. And we already responded. Abu Hanifa repented from that and came back from that yeah. view. Yeah. We already mentioned that. Uh, rahimahullah. Okay. So I think when he mentions, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Ibn Hazmin is who he's referring to from the muhaqqiqin. And Ibn Hazmin as Ibn Abdul Hadi, he has a kitab called, Ibn Abdul Hadi is a student of Ibn Taymiyyah. He has a kitab called Tabaqat Ulama al Hadith. I have it on the shelf. It's the third volume, page 35, 350. Ibn Abdul Hadi said about Ibn Hazmin, he said he's Jahmiyun Jalid. He said Jahmi. A hardcore Jahmi. Last but not least, Mu'allimi has another statement in his kitab, Al-Ibadah. Mm. 
that opposes what he mentions in his kitab at-tankil bima fi ta'nib al-kawthari min al-abatil which one came first muallim is kitab al-iman i think it's uh, kitab al-ibadah i think is one of his last works okay uh, what did he say then? could be possibly he's been writing them together shoulder by shoulder i can't really put my Fine. finger on that but i know for sure that kitab al-ibadah was one of his last works that he wrote okay one of his greatest books that he's written rahimahullah ta'ala in there he mentions he says وَهَذَا هُوَ الَّذِي يَدُلُّ عَلَيْهِ سِيَاكُ تِلْكَ الْأَحَدِيثِ وَقَدْ بَيَّنَ فِي بَعْضِ أَنَّ الْمُرَادَ الطَّاعَةُ فِي غَيْرِ مَحْسِيَةِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى وَقَدْ دَلَّتْ عَلَى ذَلِكَ الْآيَةُ السَّابِقَةِ وَبَيَّنَ فِي بَعْضِ الْأَحَدِيثِ أَنَّ الْخُرُوجَ عَلَى الْأَمِيرِ لَا يَجُوزُ إِلَّا أَنْ يَكُونَ كُفْرًا بَوَاحًا أَوْ يَتْرُكَ الصَّلَاةَ ثُمَّ قَالَ وَبِالْجُمْلَةِ فَالنَّظَرُ فِي هَذِهِ الْمَسْأَلَةِ مَبْنِيٌّ عَلَى الْأَصْلِ الْإِسْلَامِيِّ الْمَشْهُورِ وَهُوَ أَنَّهُ إِذَا تَعَارَضَتِ الْمَفْسَدَتَانِ وَلَمْ يَكُنْ بُدٌّ مِنْ إِرْتِكَابِ أَحَدِيمَا وَجَبَ إِرْتِكَابُ الصُّغْرَى لِدَرْءِ الْكُبْرَى MashaAllah, this is what we were saying all this time. وَمِنْ هُنَا And from here, يُعْلَمُ عُذْرُ أَهْلِ السُنَّةِ بَعْدَ الْقَرْنِ الْأَوَّلِ فِي حَذْرِ الْخُرُوجِ عَلَى السُلْطَانِ مَدَامَ مُسْلِمًا فَإِنَّ التَّجَارِبَ عَلَّمَتْهُمْ أَنَّ النَّتِيجَةَ الْخُرُوجِ تَكُونُ أَعْضَمُ فَسَادًا وَشَرًّا وَضُرًّا مِمَّا كَانَ قَبْلَهُ And in other words, the going against oppressive Muslim leader is always going to be oppression. And so it's always going to be mafsada. Greater mafsada is going to come if you go uh, against uh, him. So here he's not saying weigh the masalih and the mafasid. He's actually saying the mafsada is connected to going against mm-hmm. the oppressive Muslim leader. And that's why he said the Ahl-Sunnah should be excused. Okay? Because they realized after tajarib and their experience that the natija, the outcome that comes from Al-Khuruj of the Hakim Al-Zalim is that uh, and uh, that the corruption and the harm and the problems that will come is far greater than his existence. So here is. His and he also mentioned in clear terms that it's not permissible to khuruj against the ruler unless you see kufr bawakh or he leaves the salah. And he says this in his Kitab al Ibadah, which is known Raf al Ishtibah, page 220. Okay. And if someone says that at ten k came afterwards, does Abdurrahman al-Mu'allimi break the ijma'? It doesn't. I now want to go into some hypothetical scenarios. I want to ask you these questions, and I want to hear your responses, inshallah. If a Muslim ruler came to your house and attempted to take your wife and child, would you fight back and protect your family? See, as I told you before, Akhi, and these are, you know, masail shar'iya, masail ilmiya, we already spoke about what the sharia believes. That's what really matters. My personal opinion, what I think, what you think personally, and how you would deal in a situation, that's not what makes it shara'i or not. This is the truth of the matter. And I feel like people take things very personal and they personalize it. And the thing you have to understand is shara'an, what is permissible? And it, what about if I said I wouldn't, I would fight and I would go out and I would rise and I would revolt and I would... Does it, sh- does it change the shara'i ruling? It doesn't. I'm mentioning shara'i rulings and I'm saying that this was that which is upon us as Muslims to do is what Allah sanctioned and his messenger what I would do and what I wouldn't do that's a personal thing for me personally it doesn't it doesn't change the hukum shara'i mm. that's that's what I, I think so all through this we've been speaking about a a shara'i ruling yeah and what should someone do under that situation shara'i ruling hey, na'am. so a person as I said to you before the oppression of a Muslim leader Okay, uh, is that we should be patient and we should, we should not uprise against him. We should not uprise against him. And if a person can get their family 
in a way that they don't have to uprise, mm. get their family back, then Sharan they can do it. And I, I, I just be, really want to be honest and like I have not yet seen. I've have you ever met someone who said that you know my wife and children were taken from me, Zulman wa Udwana. They came into my house at night time and they took my family. Yeah, and not that I'm saying it doesn't exist, but I'm also saying why do we go to the extreme in order to prove a point that's Shara'i, like extremist scenario I'll bring for you. And then I say, look, even, you know, the situation doesn't happen on a regular basis. It's rare situations you're talking about. And yes. that's something I feel like, inshallah, should be a response to anybody who's smart and is clever. Yep, I think the next one is also going to have a similar response. But this is something that Ibn Khazmin brought in his book, Al Fisal. So I think it does warrant asking What do you say about a ruler who puts the Jews in charge, makes the Christians his army? Forces the Muslims to pay the jizya. That, I mean, that, that we just have to. Is he a Muslim? <laughs> and is this ruler a Muslim or not? Is a discussion. Not that he is a uh, an oppressive Muslim leader. He's, he goes on to say, um, he publicly. So he raises weapons against Muslim children, captures the Muslim women, is publicly perverse with them, and all of that. Though he still agrees with Islam outwardly, and he continues to pray. So he's trying to give the impression that he's still. I mean, we just that 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 should be a discussion about yeah. whether he's a Muslim and he's left the religion of Islam. And again, it's not for us; it's for the ahlul ilm and the ahlul yeah. halul al will determine what the situation is. But this is not a discussion of an oppressive, oppressive Muslim leader. This is actually more than that. It's actually talking about a uh, a ruler whose Islam uh, can be questioned because there's a lot of un, I, mean, I don't have statement memorized or anything, mm. but there's a lot of things that he said that. And he can allude to saying that this leader is not—is he even a Muslim? Again, it's a, yani it's a, um, yani this situation doesn't warrant you doing khuruj on a Muslim leader, right? A Muslim oppressive leader, taking that situation he mentions and applying that on every single ruler by looking at what Ibn Hazm here said. He's describing all the rulers. Right, of Islam, right, right, right. Yeah. You know? See, you can't take an extreme scenario just to. Try and justify everything. Okay, the last one again. Like I said, I apologize, but I have to bring everything. The last one on this kind of hypothetical scenario is: What if there was an Ash'ari government and all of the Salafis were gathered in one place of the land, and the Hakim commands all of the Salafis to be killed? Can they defend themselves? Well, I think this is Turrahat. I just believe they're Turrahat and Khuzabalat. To be honest, I don't mm. think this is an ilmi response. It's not a knowledge-based discussion. Okay. If the leader is an Ash'ari, he has to be still obeyed and listened to. Okay, he has to be what? Mm -hmm. Has to be obeyed and listened to, and you're not allowed to go against him because he's still a Muslim. He has to be listened and obeyed, whether he's an Ash'ari or not. Okay, I want to move on now to something that you said previously in one of your videos that if the ruler leaves the Salah, this is the only time that we can rebel against him. Do you believe that the only time you can rebel against a Muslim ruler is if he leaves the Salah? Remember, to me, the view that I hold is that leaving the Salah is kufr. Correct. So if I say to you. That the only time you can do khuruj on him is when he leaves the salah. For me, leaving the salah is a what? It's an act of kufr. Mm. So for me, I'm saying that to you, if he leaves the salah, he's a kafir. And if he does kufr, is when you're only allowed to go against him. Because okay. I explained him being a kafir as what? As leaving the salah. Yeah, you link so, the, the kufr and bawakhan with this. With the salah. Hadith. Yeah. So if he leaves the religion in any other way, it's the same. So I just it, mentioned it, one example to explain to you. Okay. If he does istikhlal or istibdal, then it's the same. It's the same thing. He's left. If he makes a religion, if he makes halal for himself, that which yeah. is haram or juhud or takdeeb yeah. or... And I think the hadith that you mentioned at the time of this statement just said the salah. Is that right? Yeah, I said, yeah, just the salah. Meaning, I believe the salah to be kufr akbar. 
And since I believe the Salah to be Kufur Akbar, any other act that is Kufur Akbar, like leaving the Salah, I also believe that if you go against him, if he if he comes with it, it's allowed for the person to go against him. And I mentioned that. Yeah, I think it's another example where uh, it was a misunderstanding. And as a result, again, another 45 minute or one hour video was actually made out of this. Whereas if you're having a conversation, you could have just cleared that up. No, I actually believe any time that the leader becomes a kafir, whether it's from the leaving Salah or otherwise, we can, uh, you can rebel against him. Um, so at least we, we had the opportunity to clear but that you know, up. There's something I want to add on to that. Every party mm-hmm. believes that if the leader leaves the Salah, that you can go against him. The ones who believe that leaving the Salah doesn't make you a kafir, and merely just by leaving the salah, they believe that you're only allowed to go against the leader when he leaves the salah juhudan, which is ijma'. There's no parties differing. Juhudan meaning? Out of stubbornness. Mm-hmm. It's not just merely just leaving it. So they would say, uh, إل, uh, when the Prophet said, until he establishes a prayer amongst you, they would say, it means that if he leaves the salah juhudan. So then that's when they're going to do, and that's when they're going to see the permissibility of hudu and khuruj to him. Whereas I, on the other hand, and those who are of my opinion, would say no, just by merely leaving the salah warrants disbelief, and then his other shurut are going to be looked at to go against him. Does that make sense? Yeah. No. Yeah, um, um, that's going to be one of my questions, in fact. So I've got three questions on this. You linked leaving the salah to kufr bawah. How can something have ikhtilaf in it? Because you admit that it's a mas'ala that is khilafiyah, that leaving the salah, whether it makes you a kafir or not. How can something have ikhtilaf in it and also be clear kufr at the same time? It's a contradiction in terms. Both parties is different for them what is clear kufr. Someone would come and say, it's clear kufr for me, that leaving the salah merely is not what's, what warrants kufr. Okay. In other words, I have many other evidences that prove for me that what's meant by here, leaving the salah, it means leaving it by coming with juhud. Which Shaykh al-Bani and those of his, of his opinion. Kind of like rejecting the salah Rejecting part the obligation and yeah. etc. So they will say that's when I believe is kufr. Okay. Whereas the one who believes merely just leaving the salah, mujarrad tark, just by merely leaving it, even if it's out of laziness, that warrants kufr. That person would be doing khuruj before you. Mm. And if you don't believe it's kufr akbar, you should be at the back. You're not allowed to do khuruj because you see, he's a, you still see him as a sinner if he's still if he's leaving the prayer. And the way you interpret the hadith that mentions that you can do khuruj if he leaves the salah is if he leaves the salah juhudan because that's what you believe. Yes. So there's no contradiction here. No, there's no contradiction. Okay. How can you accept ikhtilaf in the issue? How can you not accept ikhtilaf in the issue of khuruj when you have already accepted ikhtilaf on the ruling of leaving the salah and the two masail are so closely linked? Not again. Not necessarily. It goes back to the issue of what is kufr and what is not kufr. The ulama is different upon it. Some some issues ulama are different. Is this kufr or not? Does that make sense? Mm. So if I believe that leaving the salah merely warrants kufr, then I will go against this leader on the premises what? That he's a? He's a kafir. He's a kafir. If you believe, and you're of the opinion that merely leaving the salah is not kufr akbar, you have to do it with juhud, you're not allowed to do khuruj yet unless you verify did he leave it out of takasal, did he leave it out of juhud. You you can't do khuruj yet. I'm way before you in that Mm -hmm. regard. And by the way, when I say me, I mean, I don't personally determine if you can do khuruj or not. There's going to be ahlul halwa al-aqda going to look at the shurud and the the mawani' and they're going to look at the the masalih and the mafasid. They're going to do the nasiha and all of that. It's not my, but I'm saying the scholars who hold my opinion. Araft? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, last question on this. If but, somebody, but that person who believes, that person who believes that you uh, can only become a kafir or leaving the salah if you do it out of juhud. If the leader, if the leader leaves it out of laziness, yeah. he believes he's a sinner. 
He doesn't believe he's a kafir. Yeah. So he can't do khuruj. Okay, that's the that's the exact response to my final question. I'm gonna have to ask it anyway because sometimes you have to really uh, drill at home. If somebody believes that leaving the salah is not kufr akbar, can they rebel against the ruler who leaves the salah because of this hadith that you mentioned? If you say no, you are rejecting this hadith. And if you say yes, then you have conceded it is permissible to rebel against the Muslim no. ruler. I just yeah. said to you that the person who believes leaving the salah merely alone is not kufr akbar. He's not allowed to go against the ruler because he believes he's a what? If he leaves it merely, he's just a sinner. He's not kufr akbar. He hasn't come with kufr akbar yet. Yeah, if the person who believes that leaving the salah is not kufr akbar, as in leaving the salah of laziness, for example, is not kufr akbar, yeah. then he, when the ruler leaves, if he sees the ruler leaving the salah, he can't just go against him. Because he says he's a sinner. He's, he's a, a sinner. He he's still a Muslim. He's a Muslim but to you. If he believes that it is kufr akbar, then in that situation he can. And the one who believes that it's just a sin, then if he verifies that the leaf has left out of juhud, he's saying it's not part of the deen, so then it becomes kufr akbar, and that's when the hadith comes into play. So you have to really take narrations all together. You can't just look at one narration or take one snippet out of a video and say, this is what was said, and this narration just said, leaves in the salah. What about the other hadith that says, kufr Because I asked that same person, I said, look, bro, you just said to me that you don't believe kufr, tariq salah is kufr akbar, mujarrad tariq salah is not kufr akbar, hmm. merely just leaving the salah. You'll say, yes, I don't. So you believe this leader is oppressive and he's just a, he's a Muslim but he's an oppressive, tyrannical leader. Yes. So you're not allowed to do khuruj. Because all the other hadith come on top of you. Ah, all the hadith of being patient with him. Yeah. But this other brother saying, I don't believe he's a Muslim anymore because he left the salah and it's clear and I advised him and I'm in Ahlul Hal wal Aqd and I advised him and I told him, I don't believe him to be a Muslim anymore. That individual, okay, that individual is what? That individual, he's going on him on the grounds, not that he's an oppressive Muslim leader. That is a kafir. That is a kafir and he's using Tarku Salah as evidence. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Okay, uh, last section I've got before I go some closing questions for you and then I'll give you a chance to summarize the, the very lengthy discussion that we've had. Um, the Salaf didn't like sitting with the rulers. And I mentioned this hadith earlier as well, or this is another one actually. The Prophet ﷺ said, whoever resides in the desert, he becomes ignorant. And whoever follows the game, he becomes heedless. And whoever comes to the doors of the rulers, he will suffer a fitna. Mm. He also said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, there will be leaders, you will recognize them and you will dislike them. I mentioned this before. Whoever opposes them will be successful and whoever stays away from them will be safe. And anyone who mixes with them will be destroyed. And there are many athar from the, uh, athar from the Salaf, from Sufyan Athari, for example, and other than him, that talk about how they don't even like people sitting with or even visiting the rulers, and some of them even went as far as linking this issue to falling into innovation. Do any of these narrations contradict what you've been saying about obeying the Muslim no. ruler or doing khuruj? No, not at all. Yeah, and not sitting with the leader and avoiding going to enter the houses of their leaders is nothing to do with khuruj. Mm. Yeah, and the <laughs> Salaf, yeah, they differed amongst themselves when it came to the issue of the leaders. Some of them were close to the leaders, like uh, Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, Marwan, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Maymun ibn Mehran. He was a writer for Umar ibn Abdul Aziz. Mm. So, uh, uh, Al-Qadi Abu Yusuf was a Qadi Qudat for what you call it, Harun al-Rashid. Yani some were like that. Some were in high positions. And Qadi Qudat, by the way, is today equal to the Ministry of Justice. Okay. So some of them, some of them occupied high seats, high positions in the government. Okay. Mm. And a lot of scholars did not like they going to enter the leaders. Uh, and Imam Ahmed, it was mentioned that he avoided eating the food of his son, yani, Salih, because of the fact that he used to take money from the government and used to be part of the government. So he never used to take his risk. 
But that's the same Imam Ahmed who said that it's not permissible to do Khuruj against Ruz and whoever does so is an innovator. And some scholars, whenever the leader would call them or even come, they would go. They would avoid it and not do it. And even in our time, some scholars did that. Like, for example, Abdurrahman ibn Nasir Si'di rahimahullahu ta'ala. For example, the king one time visited him in Qasim and he avoided it and he left. He left and avoided him. And some people are like that. You know, they avoid the leader. They don't go to him. But they tell the people to listen and obey and not go against him and a oppressive leader. But yani, whether you want to visit him, if you don't want to visit him, if you're you know you're scared for your deen, that's your wara and your yeah. your, de- your deen. And uh, it's an honorable thing, to be honest, not to enter the doors of the leaders. And part, yeah. by the way, I spoke about that in my lecture on the issue of the middle path. I mm, mentioned in right. a, a section of when it comes to the leaders, not to enter upon the leaders and to avoid that. And I put that into today the people who speak about politics and who are politicians who in the UK government and system and I mean you know MP of this and MP of that and running for offices in the government. And if that's been said about Muslim leaders, what do you think about the non-Muslims? Okay, hundred percent, Barakallah Fiq. I'm just going to go on some closing questions like we normally do on the hot seat, and then I'll give you a chance to summarize the discussion. I'll also add a summary of my own, Inshallah Taala. Uh, who is the one who is fit to be talking about these kind of issues, these kind of big issues? You brought many different sciences of Islam to kind of understand these narrations. What is the kind of like level of knowledge that is required for someone to be talking about these things? Well, like these issues are big issues. They're not a light issue. They're blood, they're safety, issues of safety. They're talking about It's issues of safety. Yeah, I mean, what's going to happen is that you're going to give fatwa that it's permissible or it's different opinion to do khuruj. And a person might be inspired by that and, 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 and go and uprise in their country. Mm. And the bloodshed and everything that happens is on your neck, Yawm Al-Qiyamah. It's on your neck, Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Mm. You're causing disunity, discord, bloodshed, havoc, anarchy in a land. You need to remember, you're going to stand in front of Allah, Yawm Al-Qiyamah. And... Uh, we're living at that time when we're seeing, as the Prophet told us, alayhi salam, in Hadith Sahihain, in Hadith Abdiyah, in Abr al-As, he said, "Inna Allah la yaqbidu al-'ilm intizaan yantazir min sudur al-rijal, walakin yaqbidu al-'ilm biqabd al-'ulama, hatta idha lam yubqi aaliman ittakhadu al-nas ruusan juhala, fasuilu fafto bighayr al-'ilm fadlu wadlu." That we're at that time when we're seeing people who have no knowledge, no understanding of the religion, can't read a paragraph, struggling in reading, they don't know the Quran, they haven't memorized even juz amma. The khutbah al-hajjah cannot be pronounced properly on their side. Even when they uh, speak about the religion, a child, a little kid can see the big flaws and the mistakes that are in this person. And they're not just talking about any issue in the religion, which they and can't even, but they're talking about masail urda ala Abi Bakr wa Umar. If these masail were presented to Umar and Abi Bakr, they would have called the people of Badr for this and say, what do you guys think? What should we do in this matter? Umar and Abu Bakr would never just answered it by themselves. But these people, they talk about those issues like it's... And the poet, he said, The great Imams of Islam, Abu Hanifa, Imam Malik, and Imam Shafi'i, and Ahmed, all of them, they used to run away from this concept of يعني, answering everything and speaking about everything. They used to try to avoid it. And they used to say, لا أدري, uh, I don't know. لا أدري, I don't know. He used to avoid speaking about the issues of the religion. Allah tells us in the Quran, And Allah tells us in the Quran, 
Don't speak about what you have no knowledge of. Allah says, وَلَا تَقُولُوا لِمَا تَصِفُوا عَلَى سِنَتُكُمُ الْكَذِبِ هَذَا حَلَالُ وَهَذَا حَرَامُ لِتَفْتَرُوا عَلَى اللَّهِ الْكَذِبِ إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَفْتَرُونَ عَلَى اللَّهِ الْكَذِبَ لَا يُفْلَحُونَ They won't find success, wallahi, in this world or the hereafter, speaking about this halal and haram. I don't believe many people who are talking about these issues should, should, should be even speaking about issues of tahara. They shouldn't be even speaking about issues of tahara. Let alone issues of salah and zakat and sawm and hajj. They should not be talking about even the ahkam anwa'u aqsamul miyah, the types of water. They shouldn't be talking about that. They should not be talking about التيمم. They should not be talking about المسح على الخفين. They shouldn't be talking about these issues. Let alone issues of خروج, issues of imama and الولaya. They shouldn't be talking about those issues. And this really is, as I said to you before, يعني it is يعني a person who would do this is a person who hasn't taken knowledge from its right place. He will be deceived by his own self and his, uh, those other people are going to deceive him. And I think, to be honest, what's happening now and what we're seeing what's taking place, there's a big agenda behind all of this. It's not just as we see it from the outer. There's something, it's an agenda. And I believe I am not more passionate about this religion and I am not, I don't have more ghira for this deen than Allah Azza wa Jalla. Allah will protect his religion. Allah is one who's going to give his religion. And Allah Ta'ala tells us in the Quran, The filthy things will go, inshaAllah Ta'ala, will perish. And what will remain is that which is beneficial for the Ummah. Wallahi, before we saw evil people come, where are they now? Many corrupt people came through Islamic history. Where are they? Where are they to be named? Today, if you hear about the Jahmiyyah, you're not, there's no book they've written. They're mentioned in the refutation of the Ahl-Sunnah. And that's the same that's going to happen. Everybody who comes after, who tries to play with this da'wah to Ahl-Sunnah wal Jama'ah, Allah wa Taala is going to take it upon himself to destroy them. And I also believe, يَحَمِلُ هَذَا الْعِلْمَ مِنْ كُلِّ خَلَفٍ عُدُولُهُ يَنْفَوْنَ عَنْهُ تَحْرِيفِ الْغَالِينَ وَانْتِحَارُ الْمُبْطِلِينَ وَتَأْوِيلِ الْجَاهِلِينَ that there's always going to be a people who are going to stand up to defend the religion. They're going to defend it from the distortion of those who want to distort it and those who want to tamper with it and play with it. There's always going to be a people, inshallah. As the Prophet told us, لا تزال طائفة من أمتي ظاهرين على الحق لا يضرهم من خذلهم ولا من خالفهم حتى يأتي أمر الله ومعنى ذلك. So I'm not too worried in that regard, inshallah ta'ala, upon me and all the other brothers and everybody upon the da'wah. It's just to exert the effort and hard work. Mm-hmm. And everything that's hidden from our eyes and that we can't see, and who's really doing this and who's playing with this, all of it will become clear. The Arabs they say, الغبار, when the dust goes down in the battlefield, you will realize, uh, you'll know what you're sitting on. Are you sitting on a horse? Huh? Or are you sitting on a donkey? When the dust goes down, we'll know what, what's what. And they also say, daytime you will learn. من 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 بكى the one who cried أما من بكى من من تباكى the one who cried yeah and the one who's pretending to cry mm-hmm. the, when the light comes on you can see it. okay you're lying this one's genuine crying so in inshallah ta'ala when Allah tabarak wa ta'ala uh, Karim chooses to bring the deen to 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 uh, to light the falsehood inshallah ta'ala will go inshallah قل جاء الحق وزهق الباطل إن الباطل كان زهقا do you love the oppressive Muslim rulers and do you approve of their actions? Just La Shaka, I don't. 
That's why we keep saying at the beginning, we dislike it. We hate it. I hate it. Of course I hate it. I don't like to see any Muslim being oppressed and wronged. Mm-hmm. No one would love oppression. The Prophet told us in the hadith, in al- يَا عِبَادِ إِنِّي حَرَّمْتُ الظُّلْمَ عَلَى نَفْسِي وَجَعَلْتُ بَيْنَكُمْ مُحَرَّمًا فَلَا تَظَلَمُوا Allah made a dhulm, oppression, haram from himself, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he made it haram amongst the creation. No one's gonna, who's gonna like oppression? Yeah. Yeah. What do you say about the one who claims that you actually have a hidden agenda and you don't really care about these ahadith and athar, rather it's all about loving and protecting the rulers of Saudi Arabia because of the najdi da'wah that came from that region? Wallahi, that's a, a answer that a person has to prepare for Yawm Al-Qiyamah if they can stick to that when, I, when we all stand in front of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. The scholars, they say, The disputes and argumentations will be brought to Allah Yawm Al-Qiyamah and Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala will judge between His creations, Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. Wallahi, my answer is for every government, every government in the Muslim world, every country, every leader who's a Muslim, he is the leader of his country. He should be heard and obeyed. I'm not defending any particular country. I'm not. <clears throat> it's not Saudi I'm speaking for. It's not Turkey I'm speaking for. It's not Qatar I'm speaking for. It's not UAE I'm here. In this country I'm here. I'm speaking about every Muslim country. We must listen and obey. The, uh, as long as they're Muslims. Okay, and I don't see how they're kufar. So we need to listen and obey them. We need to beg Allah wa ta'ala to rectify their situation. And we beg Allah wa ta'ala to rectify their situation and make matters better for us, wherever we are, wherever Muslims are in the Muslim world. Like in to say that all of this is directed for one particular country is kedib. Maybe that person has come across somebody else that, that feels that way or is like that. But for me, that's not the case. Okay, final question before I'm going to ask you to summarize uh, the lengthy discussion we've had on this particular topic. After hearing all of the hadith and the narrations that you've mentioned over the last few hours, do you think anybody can call themselves Athari or Salafi and still hold on to the belief that there is a valid difference of opinion no, no, on this issue? Not at all. No, not at all. You can't call yourself Athari and go against the Athar, as Imam Muhammad said. Yani, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a false. Yani name you're giving to yourself You attribute yourself to That which you're not really To be honest Okay uh, Why don't we close the discussion By maybe you adding a summary I know it's been a very Very lengthy discussion But add a summary Of what you can You want to bring forward From it the main points Or the main argument And then I'll also summarize it On my end as well And we can close the podcast Inshallah you do I've said everything I needed to say in this issue I don't think I've left okay. I think for me That anything. I just want to remind The Muslims that are watching this And listening to this that we take our religion from the Qur'an, the Sunnah, and the Ijma'ah. And this particular issue, you brought Dalil, many Adilah, from the Qur'an, from the Sunnah. And within the Sunnah, it's not just random books from the Sunnah, it's Bukhari and Muslim, predominantly the Sahih of Imam Muslim, which is the second most authentic book after Imam Bukhari in terms of the books of, of Hadith. So you have the Qur'an, you have the Sunnah, and you have an Ijma'ah. And Ijma'ah you brought forward, and of course you, previously in the discussion, you spoke about the proofs for why Ijma'ah is binding upon us. The Ijma'ah that you brought is not just any old Ijma'ah. It's an Ijma'ah of the companions. Now you have an issue where you have Qur'an, Sunnah, Ijma'ah of the companions. I don't understand how you can possibly get anything clearer than that. I know what confuses it for a lot of people. 
two things. Number one is the ikhtilaf that came with the salaf, and there's a the, sorry the 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 the, the khuruj that the people did from the salaf. After that is another ijma. So even that khuruj or even that ikhtilaf that occurred, it's sandwiched in between two ijmas. And each one of those ijmas are actually two ijmas. One of them is that we're not allowed to do khuruj against a Muslim ruler. And the second one is that if there's two evils, we don't take the, the, the one that's going to cause greater harm. And khuruj is one of those issues where it will cause a greater harm. Except for maybe a, a nadir situation, a, a rare situation. But of course, we don't make rulings based on that. So for anybody who's watching this really, when you have an issue in the religion, where you have Quran, Sunnah, Ijma of the companions, and then the, another Ijma afterwards, and you mentioned 33 names, I believe, mm-hmm. from them Imam Bukhari, Imam Ahmed, Ibn Taymiyyah, Imam Nawawi. These are big household names that people have heard of many, many times. Even the layman Muslims have heard of these names. And these Imams did not transmit the view that you should not do khuruj. Rather, they transmitted a consensus saying that it's unanimously agreed by the scholars that you do not do khuruj. For someone to hear this and for it to be broken down like this, to still cling on to a difference of opinion, I'm struggling to find excuses for them. And to be honest with you, it doesn't surprise me because I think we live in a time where people are claiming that making dua to other than Allah is not shirk. There's a difference of opinion whether it's shirk or just haram. And you know, you have difference of opinion in music and all of these issues. And I believe this issue of khuruj goes into the same bucket as all of these uh, these issues. To claim a difference of opinion on this when you've got Qur'an, Sunnah, Ijma' of the companions and Ijma' of the scholars that came after as well. I don't understand how that's, that's, that's possible. What I have seen from the other side, like I said, I did a lot of research into the other side in preparation for this podcast. What I have seen is misunderstanding a fundamental issue and building an argument on top of that. For example, when we looked at Hussein and Ibn Zubair, misunderstanding that they're part of Ahlul Khali wal Aqd, misunderstanding that the Khilaf of Yazid was not complete Khilaf over all the lands, misunderstanding all of these issues and then building a, a lengthy argument based on that misunderstanding. And as I said before, I genuinely don't believe, and from my husband, I don't believe that it's something that's done intentionally. There are things that I've seen that have worried me, but as a whole, I don't believe it's done intentionally. I just genuinely believe it's done through ignorance. But as we said before, whether it's done through ignorance or intentionally, they're both <laughs> as bad. Yeah, they're both as bad, <clears throat> inshallah. Um, and the end result is going to be the same. If you listen to these people, you're going to get misguided. Whether they're intentionally misguiding you or whether accidentally misguiding you, it's going to be the same end result for you. So I think that's the other thing that I've seen from the other side really is quoting books, no Quran, no sunnah or barely any sunnah quoting books and even these books it shocked me i'll be honest with you it honestly shocked me because i didn't know what you're going to say today on the pod- on the podcast it shocked me when you bought ijma' from imam nawi it shocked me when you bought ijma' from harbal kilmani ibn abdul bar was that in your names or ijma' mm-hmm. it shocked me because these are the same people that these guys that i the research that i did they're mentioning these people's books and they're taking their statements and to take a statement from these books to try and prove a khilaf from the imam who transmitted an ijma' again deception i'm not going to say that but ignorance for sure it's just it, it, it is uh, it's worrying it's worrying it's worrying times we live in which is why we decided that this issue needs to be dealt with properly and we've set, spent a long time now and it's the first time in one video that people can see every single thing related to this issue both sides of the argument and you've not just given one response to most questions i've asked to be fair you've given three four different responses and the reason why we did that is because 
we wanted to cover everything. We wanted to take all of their statements, bring it to the table and respond to them. And I don't think that this requires any more from us unless, unless the other side or someone else brings a response for everything you've said today on this podcast. All the ijma'at that you've brought, the Qur'an, the Sunnah, the responses, the different answers that you've given. Every sta statement of yours, just like we responded to every statement of theirs, if every statement of yours is responded to, then I think it's worth us having another look and seeing what they have got to say. But until that happens, I don't think it's worth us doing anything more. And for the genuine people out there who might still have questions, I'm happy to share our, our email address. As long as the condition is you've watched the podcast all the way through from beginning to end, if you still have questions, you can email us at questions at amau.org. And the final piece of advice is for those people at home, people who genuinely want to know the truth. This is the video that lays it all out for you. Now it's upon you to seek beneficial knowledge because doubts are always going to come from different people. But if you knew what an ijma' is, for example, and you knew how heavy that is in the religion, as soon as you hear an ijma' from Imam Bukhari, for example, it doesn't matter what doubts are going to come to you. It just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me because Imam Bukhari could not transmit an ijma' if this doubt, these many doubts existed. But when you don't have a foundation in your knowledge, what happens is you tend to go right, left, go with the wind. And that's a, that's a huge problem. So my recommendation to myself, first and foremost, before anybody else watching, is to focus on seeking beneficial knowledge because we live in a, in a time where things are a little bit crazy, <laughs> in all honesty. A little bit? A little bit crazy. A little all, bit? Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> very, very crazy, especially when you look online. And that was another thing that I did as part of my research. I don't have a Twitter account. But I actually looked online and for the first time I actually read through Twitter and read some of these tweets and it really shocked me. Um, it really, really shocked me to some of the statements that are being said, some of the misguidance that's being portrayed out there and even some of the kind of language and the, the, t the terms are being used. And uh, my final advice is for people to fear Allah what they say online. Just like you do, you're going to be held accountable for what comes out of your mouth. You're also going to be held accountable for what comes from your thumbs when you're typing online. And it's very dangerous to stay a statement to one person, let alone on Twitter, and then it gets retweeted and shared and thousands of people view that same statement. So that's kind of how I'd like to summarize it. Uh, I don't know if you want to add anything on top of that. If not, we'll close this very, very lengthy podcast. And the last thing I'd say on behalf of the people, Jazakallah for your time. I've mentioned it during the podcast that it takes two seconds to vomit, but it takes an hour to clean up the mess. Mm -hmm. And that's what we've had to do. And it's really been you who's been there. <coughs> no, you, mashallah, jazakallah khair, no, for collecting no, no. all the shubhas. So, uh, so I think, uh, I think for, it to our for, the, like for the time you put into this, not um, behind scenes research and also bringing it to the PN. Obviously, you'd, I don't know how you've done the talking because my, my mouth is dry and I've not done like half the talking that you've done. So um, on behalf of the people, we want to thank you. We want to thank you always for the, for the bi'idhnillah, the, with the permission of Allah, helping the ummah. I, I think honestly, you and other brothers working uh, behind, the, behind the scenes who are recording, who are editing, who are putting it together, it's, it's, a, it's a joint effort. It's a, it, there's no doubt it's a team effort. It's a team yeah, effort. No, no doubt about that. Um, but there's a special thanks that goes out to you on behalf of the people. So I want to keep that there, inshallah. Um, without any further ado, we'll close the podcast. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashhadu wa la ilaha la ant. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk.